Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you need to feel good about government, if you believe that people in office actually care about your being, if you believe that statutes and codes are God's gift to man, this show is not for you. If you believe NBC, CNN, faux news, and the like actually report real news, this show is not for you. This... is the proper place where those beliefs need disposal of. So if you decide to stick around, this show will not be responsible for your mental instability. If you're brave enough to call in, this is your warning. You best bring facts to the discussion. And welcome back to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. It is the 4 o'clock hour out here on the left coast. It's still Monday, February 13th, 2017. And I am your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, constitutional counselor and still all around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. This is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is we still give that exemption to members of Media Matters, the Southern Poverty Law Center, as well as those government agents that are listened, paid to listen to this show, because after all, if we required them to think, that would create a hostile work environment, and we don't want to be responsible for that. If you'd like to call in, it's real simple, 1-800-932-1980. If you would like to send a secure instant message directly to your host through the QTalk Secure Instant Message program, well, send one to me. If you need the 76-character talks ID to send one to me, either send me a text and 541-248-9307. Send me an inst... Oh, okay, is this the uh, a replacement phone number? I'm being told about this phone number. Is it replacing the old number, or or is it just an alternative phone number? I need to know so I can make adjustments accordingly. Oh, it's the new phone. Okay, okay, so I need to strike out the old one and put this new phone number, 855-355-1955. A lot of fives in there. Okay, I thought it was uh, an auxecondary number. I apologize. I didn't quite get the memo there correctly, and uh, I will make adjustments accordingly after the show. So, um Anyway, again, if you'd like that 76-character talks ID string, uh, text me 541-248-9307. Send me a Skype instant message to m period underscore Roy underscore B, or send an email to the Lord Roy. That's t h e dot m i l o r d dot r o y at gmail dot com. Say Q talks me, please. No matter how you contact me, and I'll send that string off to you and i promise frank i'll get that number changed i i thought it was just an, a secondary number i didn't realize it was a completely new number so i'll to get that taken care of okay 
As promised, for those of you that are just joining us in this hour, and I know there's a lot because the uh, metrics that I receive on a semi-regular basis, about four or five times a year, uh, tell me that um, listenership goes way up in the second hour, which is not surprising because uh, more and more people on the Eastern time zones are off of work and at home and able to listen at this time. So that's why a lot of listeners go up. I promised that I would talk about the enforcement of deportations on the rise and an enforcement surge, my friends. So here we go. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, has arrested hundreds of illegal immigrants nationwide after President Donald Trump signed an executive order removing restrictions placed on ICE during the Obama administration. Quote, ICE is showing up at people's homes, showing up at places of businesses. This level of ICE activity in the community is absolutely unprecedented, end quote. Austin pro-immigration attorney Stephanie Garkin told the Wall Street Journal in a story published last Friday. ICE told reporters in a conference call Friday that they had arrested 161 illegal immigrants in the L.A. area alone in the past five days as they are embarking on an enforcement surge in several major cities. Now, speaking of California, my friends, for those of you who may not have heard, the tallest dam in America is under threat right now because the lake behind it has filled so much that for the first time since that dam was ever built, the emergency overflow spillway has been dumping a lot of water, so much water that they're actually afraid that that emergency spillway is going to uh, or the emergency spillway did collapse, but the uh, emergency overflow dam uh, is set to give way, possibly. It, it, it's on and off on their warnings. But as a result of this, California is now asking the federal government for a huge amount of money because why? They have deferred repairs for so long that when they opened up the chutes for that emergency spillway for the first time since 1968, it collapsed because they haven't been doing any maintenance on it. So now they want hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars from the federal government, and I'm like, hmm, California, tough. Go ask Mexico for it since you're a sanctuary state. Well, I think it's rather great. 161 illegal immigrants in L.A. alone. Wonderful. The prioritization of serious criminal aliens under the B.O. administration is no more under President Trump. The L.A. Times recently reported that up to 8 million people will now be targeted for deportation. Wow, they're finally starting to give real numbers, my friends, or at least closer to real numbers. Remember how before the election, oh, it was 2 to 3 million illegals? Now they're going up to 8 million. Did you notice that? Did you notice that, my friends? I noticed it. 
ICE agents are now reportedly raiding workplaces, people's homes, and even the cars they sleep in. Immigration advocates are up in arms after ICE agents deported an illegal immigrant woman Wednesday who had been in the U.S. for 21 years, as if living here illegally, breaking the law every single day for the past 21 years, because when you come in illegally, every day you're here, it's a new violation of the law because you're still here illegally. They got all up in arms because she's been here for 21 years. doesn't matter. Protesters attempted to block an ICE van carrying Guadalupe Garcia Reyes, and several were arrested. ICE enforcement surge has been targeting L.A., New York, and Chicago, all sanctuary cities, and ICE officials didn't deny operations in Austin, Atlanta, and Charlotte. And an in, in immigration official told the Washington Post that big cities are target-rich environments. Trump's executive order on illegal immigration provided greater latitude for local law enforcement to work with federal officials and calls for the deportation of individuals ICE deems a public safety threat, even if they haven't been convicted of a crime. There you go, my friends. It's actually happening. As I said, I'm going to watch Trump. I'm going to watch him very carefully. I'm not a Trump supporter, but I like that he's here as, as our president, as opposed to the alternative, Hillary, but I'm going to watch him very, very closely to see if he actually, actually really follows what he says he is going to do. We'll see. We'll see. Now, also promised to those of you who are in the last half hour, I told you that I would tell you about Martin Luther King's niece. Well, here we go. His MLK's niece has accused Focahontas, a.k.a. Elizabeth Warren, of playing the race card on the Senate floor charade. She says, the niece says, that Massachusetts Senator Focahontas is attempting to play the race card by reading a letter from Coretta Scott King to smear Alabama Senator Jeff Sessions on the floor of the Senate. Quote, it's almost like a bait and switch. Stir up their emotions, use the name of King, play the race card, which is what she was attempting to do. Dr. Alveda King told Fox Business News' Neil Cavoto during an interview. During a Senate floor speech, Warren read a letter that Coretta King submitted in 1986 when Session was up for federal judgeship nomination. In the letter, King asserted that Sessions, who was ultimately voted down, opposed laws that helped secure black voting rights. Quote, for this reprehensible conduct, he should not be rewarded with a federal judgeship, King wrote at the time. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell objected to Warren's recitation of the letter by invoking Senate Rule 19, which prohibits senators from impugning the character of their colleagues. Liberals rallied around Focahontas by adopting the social media hashtag, Let Liz Speak. But Alveda King, a conservative supporter of Donald Trump, told Cavuto that she believes her aunt would not be still critical of Sessions. Quote, if we took a look at my aunt, 
Coretta Scott King's letter. We know that she was a peacemaker. Her intentions were never to divide during her whole life, she said. She went on saying in that letter she would be referring to perhaps some of his comments. However, she would agree today that he, of course, ended school desegregation. He worked to prosecute members of the KKK. Aunt Coretta was a very reasonable woman, and she, with integrity, would have noted that he has done some great work at fighting discrimination, end quote. King noted that her aunt also wrote critically of immigration, saying she, quote, wrote a letter saying that immigration could hurt the black job market, end quote. Sessions is a strong opponent of illegal immigration. So there you go. Also promised last half hour, I told you, Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Repulsive here, my friends. Planned Parenthood had quotas for abortions. In a shocking admission from a former Planned Parenthood clinic manager, Planned Parenthood reportedly had quotas for abortion, abortions with incentives for clinics to reach out certain numbers and admonishing clinics that didn't reach those goals. As reported in the Washington Times, Sue Thayer, a former Planned Parenthood clinic manager, appeared in a video released by Live Action and revealed the damning information. Thayer asserted, quote, every center had a goal for how many abortions were done and centers that didn't do abortions like mine that were family planning clinics had a goal for abortion referrals. And it was on this big grid. And if we hit our goal, then our line was green. If it was 5% under, we were yellow. If it was 10% under, it was red. That's when we needed to have a corrective action plan. Why we didn't hit the goal. What we were going to do differently next time, end quote. Thayer added that employees were trained to cajole women into abortion by pointing out the cost of raising children. Quote, we would say things like, your pregnancy test, your visit today is X number of dollars. How are you going to be able to pay for that? If they say, I'm not going to be able to pay today, then we would say something like, well, if you can't pay $10 today, how are you going to take care of a baby? Have you priced diapers? Do you know how much it costs to buy a car seat? Thayer continued by saying, so really, don't you think your smartest choice is termination? We can take care of that and set it up for you. Marie Anderson, a former nurse at Planned Parenthood, echoed, quote, I felt like I was more of a salesman sometimes to sell abortions. We were told on a regular basis that you have a quota to meet to keep this clinic open. We were constantly told you have quotas to meet to stay open. It was just like I said, I felt more like I was selling abortions sometimes than treating people, end quote. Thayer said that Planned Parenthood would even have pizza parties to celebrate a clinic's success in raising the number of abortions. Quote, it is true. We would have things like pizza parties. Occasionally, they would say things like, you can have two hours of paid time off if your center consistently hit goals and you were green all the time, three months in a row, you might be center manager of the month and get to go to Des Moines and have lunch with the upper management or something like that, end quote. There you go. There you go, my friends. That's, that's the thing. So when they talk about it and say, oh, 
no federal money. There is no federal money. I'm sure you've heard it, my friends. There's no federal monies that go to Planned Parenthood that pay for abortions. Okay, well, let's take that for the sake of argument. Let's take that on its face. Let's say that not one dime of federal money goes directly for paying for the abortions. It goes to pay for the pizza parties. It goes to pay for the paid time off for people. It goes to pay for all the other things that are necessary for them to actually be there and be open to do that thing. Without that money, they wouldn't be able to do it. Now, if Planned Parenthood wanted to do the <clears throat> honorable thing, I know I'm saying oxymoron here, and, and such, they should totally reject any and all government funding and just simply operate off their massive amounts of trusts that they've built up because that's what they could do, operate totally off of that and take not one dime of taxpayer money. They could, but they don't. And that in and of itself should tell you something, my friends, right there. Now, I'm going to conclude out this half hour here, my friends by talking about a hero of mine. For those of you that are long-term listeners of this show, you know that Ayn Rand is really a hero to me. And there's a movie out there. I've told you about it before, but it's time to tell you again because maybe with this sea change that we're seeing in the political landscape, it's time once again to look to the libertarian philosophies espoused by Ayn Rand. And if you'd like an introduction to her and you're not familiar, there's a movie. It's called Ayn Rand, A Sense of Life, and it came out in 1997. It was the winner of the top 25 libertarian documentaries, and it was a nominee for Academy Best Award Documentary. It's a detailed documentary and examination of the philosopher novelist Anne Rand's life and her work. It's 145 minutes long, and, well, it's out there. Now I want to tell you a little bit about it. Despite Anne Rand's rejection of the libertarian movement as a whole, she remains one of its strongest influences. So that's kind of ironic in a way, my friends. This loving biography should appeal to her many libertarian fans. It did to me. And that's why I'm telling you about it again. Yes, it's been a couple of years since I told you about it, my friends. So unless you're a really long-term listener to this show, you might be scratching your head going, when did you talk about this? Oh, about four or five-ish years ago, something like that, okay? In the beginning of the film, a picture of her youth is drawn through old letters and photographs and of her own reminiscences from which it's clear that the Anne Rand we all know developed very early. 
She was an independent young woman who took a special interest in self-reliant, adventurous, fictional characters of the type she would later create herself. That sense of independence and reaching for the best one can do, that sense of life, as the title of the film says, gave her the boldness and the drive to live the amazing life that followed. Immigrating alone from Soviet Russia to America, working in Hollywood at the height of its powers, becoming a successful novelist and developing and promoting her world-challenging philosophy. As one might expect in a two-and-a-half-hour documentary, there's a great deal of detail in this presentation, including a surprising amount of video footage and photographs. These add much to the generally entertaining telling, but a few things are also left out. In particular, the well-known Nathaniel Brandon affair is covered only briefly and is smoothed over with the implication that Brandon alone was at fault. This may seem like an airbrushed picture of the situation to Ayn Rand fans, many of whom, like yours truly, know the full story. This controlled quality likewise reflected in the absence of interviews with some of the more prominent but perhaps inadequately uncritical people she knew and affected reduces the emotional impact of the film. Nonetheless, it's a very professional job and will likely attract even more readers to her work, and it has since it's come out, my friends. And given that Rand's novels have sold by the hundreds of thousands and that American readers have rated her a magnum opus of Atlas Shrugged as the second most influential books in their life after the Bible, well, the film was way and still is overdue. It's, it's, it's something to be seen, my friends. Yes, the film is hero worship. I'm not going to deny it at all. But what a better tribute for a hero worshiper than Ayn Rand. Because I certainly do enjoy her a lot, my friends. So if you get a chance, like I said, 1997 film, get it and watch it. It's good. You can't go wrong. Okay, links of interest. Number three. Remember, Tennessee, in case you didn't know, has passed a bill. They actually passed it. And it, it went through. I mean, it, it was announced, and then, bam, a week later, it's before I even had a chance to get back on the air here, my friends, it's, it's passed. It, it was, it, it was um, announced and then passed in a week that allows you that if you're on a highway— and protesters are blocking the road, well, you have the right to run over them, my friends. But I want you to remember that you'll be exonerated for running over them, but only if you used, as the law says, due diligence. So that means you need to stay in your own lane, among other things, okay? So just remember, get to stay in your own lane. But I, I'm not advocating this, but... You know, there are these things, you know, they're called exits that allow you to go back and come through again, but 
you know, I, I don't recommend that, but anyway, I, I digress. Seriously, though. So Tennessee, that's one state down, 49 to go, and then we can get rid of these idiot protesters that uh, like to block freeways. Yep. Number two. Breaking news, thousands of Muslims are leaving the U.S. Why? Because the Sharia law ban. Yeah, many, many places are coming out with Sharia law bans. Well, I say this. Don't let the door hit you on the ass on your way out and don't come back. Can I get an amen? That's what I thought. Amen. Very good. Number one. Remember, this country is supposed to be a friend to the United States. Saudi Arabia panel of scientists admits women are mammals, yet not human. Yeah, like I said, this country is supposed to be a friend to the United States, an ally. And yet that's what their top scientists have concluded, that women, they're just mammals, but not human. Yeah. Okay, critical thinking segment. It's tax season, my friends. So I thought I would do some critical thinking on the subject. The IRS, my friends, has returned my tax return after I apparently answered one of the questions incorrectly. In response to the question, do you have anyone dependent on you? I wrote 9.5 million illegal immigrants, 1.1 million crackheads, 3.4 million unemployable scroungers, 80,000 criminals in over 85 prisons, plus 650 idiots in Washington. The IRS stated that the answer was unacceptable, so I wrote back. Who did I leave out? There's your critical thinking segment, my friends. Just something that you might want to think about. Also, as a public service announcement, I have to do this because it's that time of the year. You may be contacted by a foreign identity theft ring. They go by the incorporated name of the Bureau of Internal Revenue of Puerto Rico. Their stage name is IRS. Oh, I'm getting an instant message here. I was wondering what was flashing here. If women are mammals but not human, then if Hillary was actually elected, would we then have been considered a nation of non-humans? That's a really good point. That was from Miss B in Oregon. That's a really good point. Well, that wraps up this half hour of the Constitutional Crusader Show. Don't you go anywhere. We will be right back.
Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. I'm your host, Emroy Ben Shadler, constitutional counselor and still all around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs out there. I just realized that after I went to break that I didn't quite finish the thought, so I'll start at the at the beginning, my friends. There is an identity thief robbing organization that goes by the incorporated name of the Bureau of Internal Revenue of Puerto Rico. Their stage name is IRS. If you get a notification or letter from this foreign-owned 
private organization that has zero authority as an agency of the United States of America, beware, they are attempting to do an identity theft operation on you and to steal money from you, your property, and maybe even your life if you let them. Just want you to be aware of it, my friends, because, well, if you're having dealings with them, it could get really dangerous. So I'm just letting you know, okay? There. This is the segment of the show, my friends, we call the Roy's School of Guerrilla Lawfare. Now, I have a lot of people that talk to me about the number of people that tune in and specifically for this segment of the show. And they say, why didn't you do the whole show like that, all two hours? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, I like doing this part. Don't, don't get me wrong. I really do. But to try and do a full two hours like this every week, it'd take me an additional 10 or 15 hours of, of prep during the, the week to just get to that point and I already spend 15 hours or more every week just prepping up this show to to triple that to make it a full two hours long uh sorry can't do that but for this half hour we call it the Roy School Guerrilla Lawfare. That's L-A-W. For Learn in Winter, Better Education, we focus on a particular subject that either has great constitutional significance or a very special type of information that is important for your livelihood and well-being, your personal and or your family's safety. Today's edition falls very much in the latter category. I want to talk to you about four Arabic words, my friends. Knowing these four Arabic words may save our civilization from an Islamic takeover. And I do not say this lightly, my friends. In 539 B.C., King Belshar of Babylon saw a dismembered hand writing four prophetic wall, words on a wall. This handwriting on the wall, as it was called, was finally interpreted by the prophet Daniel as predicting the fall of the kingdom, and he was right. Babylon fell to the Medes Persians that very night. Just like that, my friends. Like the handwriting on the wall that Prophet Daniel had interpreted, there are four Arabic words which could lead to submission of the entire world to Islam. If non-Muslims do not fully understand their meaning and implications... I do not say this lightly, my friends. The words are Tikaya, Taria, Kitman, and Maruna. Each of these words 
describes a different style of deception used by Muslims when discussing Islam or their activities as Muslims. Muhammad famously said, war is deceit. That's from the Bakuri, Volume 4, Book 52, Number 268. The Quran boasts that Allah is, quote, the master of all scheming, end quote. Now, compare and contrast that to the other old law book that I was making reference to earlier. Can you think of anything in that really old law book that's you know even much older than than the Quran referring to God as a master of scheming or anything even close to it my friends no you can't but the Quran boasts that Allah is the master of all scheming and furthermore that he well in the Quran says he but we know that Allah is the moon goddess okay so it's actually that she is profound in her machinations western civilizations are not accustomed to dealing with people who have developed deception into an art form and since knowledge is power the best way to combat the Islamist agenda is to say, we are wise to your shenanigans. Knock it off. So let's get into it. Takia. Takia is defined as dissimulation about one's Muslim identity. It comes from the verse in the Quran that says, quote, let believers not make friends with infidels in preference to the faithful that he does has nothing to hope for from Allah except in self-defense. That's from the Surah 3.28. This self-defense justifies dissimulation. Islamic Sharia law provides, quote, when it is possible to achieve an aim by lying, but not by telling the truth, it is permissible to lie if attaining the goal is permissible and lying is obligatory if the goal is obligatory, end quote. That's from Reliance of the Traveler. Examples include lying to protect Islam or a fellow Muslim. Tariya. Tariya is defined as concealing, and it could be called creative lying. It is okay to break the intent of the oath as long as you don't break the letter of the oath. And that's from Reliance of the Traveler, sections 19.1 to 19.5. So, how does this work? Suppose someone protests that Surah 1 of the Quran demeans Christians and Jews because it is a supplication Muslims make to Allah 17 times a day to keep them from the path, quote, of those with whom God is angry, end quote, and, quote, those who have lost their way, end quote. 
A Muslim might respond, quote, Surah 1 never mentions Jews or Christians, end quote. He's practicing Tariyah because while Surah 1 does not mention Jews and Christians by name, the Muslim knows full well that the words those, in, as in those who have lost their way, refers specifically to Jews and Christians. Another example would be when a Muslim responds to your greeting of Merry Christmas. He might say, I wish you the best. In your mind, you think he has returned a Christmas greeting. In reality, he has expressed his wish for you to convert to Islam. He wishes the best for you, which is, in his view, becoming a Muslim. And that's it right there. Kitman. Kitman is characterized by someone telling only part of the truth. The most common example of this is when a Muslim says that jihad really refers to an internal spiritual struggle. He's not telling, quote, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, end quote, as witnesses are sworn to do in U.S. courts. Often, Kitman results in a gross distortion of the truth. In the example given, the Quran uses jihadand, its derivatives, 59 times. Oh, excuse me. I see where that is. That's a mess up. Hang on. It uses jihad and its derivatives. I thought that was a, a new word, and I just, I don't know how I missed that. There we go. G, so it uses jihad and its derivatives 59 times. Of those, only 16, 27%, could be considered internal with no object of, as the target of the struggle based on the contents of the surah. Another form of kitman is to quote, only the few, few peaceful passages from the Quran, knowing full well that passages later abrogated by a more military or and militant contradictory verse. Here's an example. There is no compulsion in religion. That was from the Surah, early Medina. Then, quote, are they seeking a religion other than Allah's when every soul in the heavens and earth has submitted to him willingly or by compulsion, end quote? And that was later at Medina. Another example. Permission to take up arms is hereby given to those who are attacked because they have been wronged. That was Surah of late Mecca. Then, when the sacred months are over, slay the idolaters wherever you find them, arrest them, besiege them, and lie in ambush everywhere for them, end quote. And that was Surah in late Medina. You see the, the contradictions there, my friends? One is peaceful. Oh, it's just this peaceful thing. And then the next one lays it out exactly what it's supposed to be. Remember, my friends, there is a division point in that Quran where you read 
that says everything that you have just finished reading is now of no importance and you are not to pay any attention to it. You are only to pay attention to what comes from this point forward. In other words, you could easily just take that part, that first part, and just rip it out and ignore it completely because only what comes afterwards. And what comes afterwards is what we've experienced as a world from Islam for the past 1,400 years. Next word, my friends, Maruna. M Muruna, there we go, Muruna, means using flexibility to blend in with the enemy or the surroundings. The justification for this kind of deception is somewhat bizarre interpretation of Surah 2, 106, which says, quote, if we abrogate a verse or cause it to be forgotten, we will replace it by a better one or similar, end quote. Thus, Muslims may forget some of the commands in the Quran as long as they are pursuing a better command. Muslims striving to advance Islam, therefore, can deviate from their Islamic laws in order to cause non-Muslims to lower their guard and place their trust in their Muslim counterpart. Mm -hmm. You see, to put it plainly and simply, my friends, at times, Muslims practice maruna in the same way a chameleon changes colors to avoid detection, Muslims will sometimes shave off their beards, wear Western clothing, or even drink alcohol to blend in with non-Muslims. Nothing is more valuable these days to the Islamists than a blue-eyed Caucasian Muslim willing to engage in terrorism. Another common way of using Maruna is for a Muslim to marry a non-Muslim or to behave like a non-Muslim, so their true agenda will not be suspected. For example, the 9-11 hijackers visited strip clubs and bars during their off times while taking classes in the U.S. on how to fly airplanes into the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and the White House. Many Americans we know Hillary Clinton's aide, Huma Abedin, married the Jewish congressman Anthony Weiner, at least in part to burnish her security credentials so she can infiltrate the highest levels of the administration. The implications of these highly honed tactics of deception for unassuming Western societies. 20 years ago, Psychologist Paul Ekman wrote an insightful book entitled Telling Lies, which demonstrated that people give off recognizable clues when they are practicing deceit. Their conscience causes them involuntarily to sweat or raise their voices or to make other recognizable gestures. However, Dr. Ekman's research was exclusively with people from Western cultures. Muslims, on the other hand, 
show no discernible signs when they are being deceitful because there is no feeling of guilt. In their minds, they are doing exactly what Allah wants them to do, to advance Islam. Because any Western person who has raised children knows almost intuitively when someone is lying. So do they assume they can do that in all cases? Unfortunately, those same Western people can be easily duped by Islamic deceit because there are no telltale signs in the deceiver. Now, I hope that this article will once again, because this is not the first time I've shared this with you, my friends. Yes, today has been a little bit of a repeat day where I've been repeating things. Why? Because it needs to be remembered, my friends. Just because we've had an election and had Trump put into the presidency does not mean that these things are going away. In fact, now is why I am repeating some of these things so that they remain firmly entrenched in your mind so that you can watch and see whether or not these things are going to be addressed, my friends. Yes, I am fulfilling my role of the watchman on the tower, and I see these things coming, and I'm telling you about them now. So hopefully this has been helpful and a wake-up call. And if you've never heard these things before, well, then you are the unsuspecting infidel that I'm trying to reach. There's an old expression Trust but verify. That's a very old American strategy in dealing with potentially hostile parties. And it's the only way to go in dealing with Islamists. So, here is something that I seriously believe should be addressed. The official recognition by the United States of Islam, not as a religion but as what it actually is, a totalitarian political doctrine and system of <clears throat> law, i.e. Sharia, and a war machine, jihad, directed by its <clears throat> scriptures, quote-unquote, to wage war with all non-believers until those non-believers are subjugated, pay the jizya tax, or are killed. Further, I propose, my friends, since it has been shown by Islam's own dogma that Islam places itself above the law of any country or government, as such, it is 100% incompatible with the U.S. Constitution and our system of law based on that Constitution. Islam represents a subversive foreign power, not tied to any particular country, dedicated to the overthrow of the U.S. government and replacing our Constitution with Sharia <clears throat> law. Since Islam is primarily a political doctrine and a system of law, 
it is not technically a religion. It masquerades as a religion to imbue its followers with a fanatical zeal and to make the war machine more effective. And it's part of the whole deceptive scheme, my friends. Because after all, here in the Western cultures, you don't dare criticize a religion. You see how well that works? And since Islam places Sharia <clears throat> law and the will of <clears throat> Allah above all governments, Muslims living in America are actually foreign nationals, illegal aliens, having an allegiance to a power at war with the U.S., you know, the jihad, until they become apostate from Islam and take an oath to support the U.S. Constitution and obey the laws of the United States, they shouldn't have any rights as citizens. They should be treated as foreign nationals with an allegiance to a foreign power, Islam. So therefore, all Muslims in America should be placed in a foreign national status with ties to a subversive organization, Islam. We should give them the option to emigrate to a Sharia-compatible country or go through the immigration process as any other foreign national, but only after officially abdicating their allegiance to Islam, becoming an apostate. But the problem with treating Muslims as any other immigrant, though, and trying to obtain their allegiance through oaths is that it doesn't take into account the Islamic principles of deception that I just laid out for you. Takiyah, Maruna, Tawriya, and Kitman. They could very well ostensibly abdicate their allegiance to Islam, take an oath to support the U.S. Constitution and our system of law with the intent to break their oaths. That is the nature of Islam. You can't trust anything they say, nor any oaths or treaties they make. Deception is an accepted and common practice in Islam to further the cause of Islam. So where does that leave us? We have people living in the U.S. loyal to a foreign ideology that places itself above U.S. law and sworn to overthrow our government and establish Sharia law in place of the U.S. Constitution. What do we do? What do we do, my friends? Yes, very good point. Very good point. And, and Frank is absolutely correct on that. This is why Islam simply means, or Muslim simply means, traitor. It's as simple as that, my friends. You just, it, it has to be literally wiped out, and anyone who practices it just simply not trusted. They simply cannot be trusted, nor can their children be trusted, etc. It's that pernicious it's like dealing with a typhoid Mary. Oh, pretty to look at from a distance. Heck, you can even walk all the way around. But the second she reaches out and touches you, you die. Just like that, my friends. It is that dangerous. 
except we're not talking about an individual infecting other individuals. We're talking about a systematic invasion that will destroy and rot a country from the inside out. Because remember, my friends, every single place in the world where Muslims are a minority, they are absolutely overrunning with their demand for minority rights. But in every single country where Islam is a majority, there is no such thing as minority rights. Funny how that works, isn't it? That's what we are up against. And when Bush talked about a war on terrorism way back on September 11th, 2000, or after the September 11, 2001 attacks, when he talked about a war on terrorism, well, there is one, but not what he was talking about. Well, that wraps up this edition of the Constitutional Crusader Show. Until next week, my friends, unless the creek rises or they come and take me away again, my fellow Americans, keep your powder dry. This show may be hazardous. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. 
You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. folks, and welcome once again to another edition of the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. I am Pastor Anthony Grissy, broadcasting to you live from the grand state of Arizona, and it is February the 13th, about five minutes after the top of the hour, and uh, it's good to have you along with us tonight. We are a show that's dedicated to tackling controversy and conspiracy directly related to Christianity, and we do all this from a biblical perspective because we believe that we have the inspired, preserved perfectly words of God in this 21st century. We believe we actually have the Bible, and that Bible is our final authority. From politics to pop culture, folks, we believe it has all the answers. Uh, I look at these 
I look at these doctrinal statements on church websites and Bible college websites, and they all say the same thing. We believe in the inspiration and inerrancy of the scriptures in the Old and New Testament as found in the original uh, – or excuse me, not found. They never say found, but as in the originals or original writings. And it just it baffles me why they make that statement. So basically they're saying we believe in something that we cannot handle – and we cannot see, and you cannot see. We believe in that perfect Word of God, but it doesn't exist. Now, let me say this. We at the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast actually believe that we have the perfect words of God. We believe we have it. We believe we can see it with our own two eyes and handle it with our two hands. It's been preserved for us in the old King James Bible. Why? Well, if God inspired the word in the original languages and it's in its original rocks but didn't preserve it, inspiration was a waste of time. You get that? Why inspire something that you would not preserve? And if uh, if he preserves it but doesn't inspire it, we again have something that is a divine waste of time because he just preserves something that's no longer inspired. And if the scriptures are no longer inspired, then it's no longer profitable to us by its own language. For the scriptures are inspired, according to 2 Timothy 3, 15, 16, and 17, and those inspired scriptures are profitable to us. But if you remove the inspiration, you remove inerrancy, then what in the world do we have? We have a book that the textual critics with the greatest education, so they say, can correct and interpret their own way, and you have to, suckers, you have to accept it. The way it is because you don't have as big a brain as they do. Thank God we have the preserved Word of God. Now, I, I, we're controversial, guys. I just can't help it. i got to start off this way. I believe we have the perfect Word of God, and it is inspired, guys. And um, you can read it. I can read it. You can challenge it – or excuse me, challenge us, challenge us by it. Ah, uh, there. Had to get it off. You know, I just I, – I was at a funeral, Jason – I got to say this. I was at a funeral just a couple days ago, and this preacher gets up there, and Jason, it was, it was. I don't know if you knew that Wayne Benson passed away. Yes, but, uh, I had heard okay. that. Yes. So we're at the funeral, and I'm expecting a great sermon or something. It's, it's supposed to be an evangelical church, you know. They claim that the scriptures are their authority. I thought, oh, this he'll give a good gospel. It was the it was just the most powder puff thing I have ever heard. And he begins to read out of John chapter 14, and and I'm I I knew it was going to be a mess. He said uh, he said, uh, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me, which he didn't quote it exactly that way. He said, for in my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I, I reduced it to rooms. Then he went to John chapter 11 and completely left out the passage where Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And in John 14, he left out the passage that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he said, now, folks, we have this hope, but he couldn't tell them how to get the hope. Uh and to listen to this guy change my Bible, I'm sorry, I'm just, I am on a rampage right now. Uh, I'm so sick to death listening to these people tell us that they believe in the scriptures that don't exist. <clears throat> there, I've said it. All, all right. right, you got it off your chest? <laughs> I got it off my chest. There, Good. it's off it's my, my it's chest. All, it's all right, though, uh, Pastor. What you're saying, if you don't have a final authority, I mean, I believe it was on this 
broadcast on this show or or some or the chat room related to this show that uh, somebody said that they did have God's word here on earth but it was in the 4000 manuscripts that were behind that <laughs> and uh it's like well that doesn't really help us out very much because guess what you're going through and you're interpreting that scripture for yourself if we don't have the word of god that we can hold in our hands then the word of god itself has failed because the the, uh, Jesus Christ says that those words would be preserved down to the jot and the tittle, and we've got it in the English language. Now, why did God preserve his word in the English language, Pastor? Well, could it be? Could it very well be? And you know what? If you don't like it, you can lump it, since we're being controversial tonight. Um, could it be that God possibly might have known that the English language was going to be the trade language known worldwide during the uh, a day in which we live as we get closer to the Lord's return? Yeah. So I believe that we have God's word. It's our final authority. It's inerrant. It's infallible. And not just in the originals. All It's in the scriptures that we have now. So there. Absolutely. Hey, hey by the way, if you really – if our listeners don't like that or if somebody's listening to this that doesn't like it, hey, jump into that chat room. Go to the AmericanVoice.com. Uh, shoot an email to AmericanVoiceRadio at Yahoo.com for a uh, – a temporary password and uh, be sure to include your username there so you can jump in there just like Anthony who's sitting at the top of the list right now at least my list I don't know how that works but uh, also Christ loving Christmas hater um, he has been voted uh, for the first half of 2017 as having the most interesting if not the longest name in the chat room uh, hey good to see old Brennan jumped in there or he must have a lot earlier, and I just didn't see him. But Frank's in there. LT, Nunya, me. I'm Pastor Jason Burton in there. So, folks, you want to get into that chat room, and also you can get a hold of us. I've got a new email address, Pastor, that is easy to remember. You know, this is the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. Well, my email address is contender at zoho.com. That's contender at zoho.com. And uh, your email address. Slightly longer, but still easy to remember as pastor at PaysonFirstBaptistChurch.info. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There you go, folks. Now, uh, i got to remind everybody about our meetings just two weeks away. Just two weeks away. And uh, I don't want anybody to miss it. Jason, I don't want you to miss it because you're supposed to be there preaching for me. So uh, mark this down in your calendar, Jason, just in case. Uh, February 26th through March 1st. <laughs> Two weeks away, man. Praise Two weeks away. Very much looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a blast. February 26th through March 1st. We've got preaching Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Two preachers each night. Uh, we've got special teaching by you on Tuesday morning, and it's going to be on the Lordship Church, why the church should stay unincorporated, why the church should be unregistered, and so on and so forth. And, and not just that, you're going to be talking about property taxes and uh, how it relates to the Lordship Church in this day. I don't care if Trump's in office right now. He may be able to repeal the Johnson Amendment, but that doesn't change my mind as to where the church should be because um, the Johnson Amendment is not why we are unincorporated. Okay, 
And then uh, on Wednesday, Ted Alexander will be teaching on Baptist history in the morning. We've got his family singing. We've got Brother Scott Pullman and his Bible tables. We've got uh, Brother John Kiefler, missionary to Mexico. What a dear, sweet man of, man of God. Uh, Brother Cliff Taylor, Onessa Forest Ministry. It's going to be a great time, folks. You want to be a part of this. Preaching Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We've got preaching on Sunday, but we don't want you to miss church, and I'm expecting that you will be in church on Sunday. But if you're in our area, you've traveled to see us, then come have church with us that Sunday, February the 26th. So don't miss it. And then Jason's got meetings just right around the corner as well. That's right. We've got meetings coming up on March 12th through the 15th. Pastor Mike Hoover from uh, – actually, he, he's got the broadcast on Tuesday nights, the yes. Covenanters Call Radio broadcast. And he's, he's pastor. Here. He is. That's right. He's with you. He broadcast from Payson yeah. last week. We were listening to the broadcast. Um, uh, sent our greetings out to him. We'll see him soon because uh, we've got those meetings coming up on the 12th, and he's going to be preaching for us four times or four days, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But we'll also have Brother Joe Simon up. He's a young uh, preacher and looking forward to hearing what uh, the Lord has laid on his heart, giving him an opportunity to have a go at it on Sunday and Monday. And then uh, we've got the Apley's coming in on Tuesday and Wednesday and uh, bringing music. And, of course, Brother Apley with his, his wonderful preaching as well. And so we're looking forward to that. And also uh, down at Stampers Creek Church, we'll, we will be down there for Brother Wharton is coming in. He's a pastor um, from the south that uh, Brother Mike Cooper has known for a long time. He's coming in. And so, uh, Lord willing, those meetings will be uh, Resurrection Sunday through the 19th, so that's the 16th through the 19th of April, and uh, Lord willing, me and my family will be down there on the 17th through the 19th as well. So really looking forward to a wonderful spring. I really think the Lord's going to be doing a lot, and uh, it's busy, but I'll tell you what, it's it's better to be busy for the Lord than, uh, than uh, to be busy for trying to get the stuff of this world. I guarantee you that. I've tried that before, by the way, Pastor, and it's just not nearly as fulfilling, but it's not nearly as fun either. I mean, no. when you give your all, just go ahead and serve the Lord and uh, decide you're going to do that. Boy, the Lord will just really give you a blessing in this life. Amen. Absolutely. It, folks, if there's anything you get out of the show, I know, I know we rip on a lot of things, but um, this is the best life to ever live. Say what? Being a radio talk show host? No, no, no. no. It's not just that, guys. That's hard. It's just one of the perks. It's one of the little tiny perks. Uh, living a life as a Christian, it's the greatest life ever lived. And when I say Christian, I'm talking about saved, blood-bought, and dwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Um, there's just no other life better to live than this one. And I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you need to call on him now because you're in desperate straits. You're in desperate straits. You better call on him before your life is snuffed out because the Bible says our life's but a vapor. It appears for a little while and then vanisheth. And it's appointed on a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. Uh, speaking of judgments, well, Donald Trump, our president, has uh, had a judgment against him, and that is the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled against his ban, which I'm sure all of you already know. And, um, Jason, I'm, I think that was a mistake. Of course, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has never really cared about the Constitution. Ah, um, they've been overturned like 83% of the time last year. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's funny to watch them work. It's like, let's see, how does the Ninth Circuit come down on an issue? Oh, that's the wrong side. It's kind of yep. makes for an interesting bellwether, doesn't it, to be able to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I personally believe this is the agenda against Donald Trump and against America to uh, slow down what should have been done during Obama's presidency, and that is 
stop the influx of these uh, Muslim nations that uh, are terrorists. They are terrorist nations, and, and they're, they're predominantly that way. I mean, this is what some, some, they do in Somalia, man. They will, they will kill you in the streets. All right? If I, if I walk down the street in any one of these countries that he has imposed some ban on, they would kill me. They would kill me for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to let those people come over here. I know that some of them may be persecuted uh, for whatever, but they're being persecuted for minor divisions that they themselves, if they had the power in yeah, their own right country, there. would persecute the other side. I mean, Donald Trump is just looking at it from common sense. Our soldiers come back from Iraq. They come back from Afghanistan, and they understand the same thing. They're like, hey, you know, they would stone you in the street. And if you get a majority in America, they'll do the same thing as they have showed already in Dearborn Heights. Oh, sure, sure. You can't, you can't even street preach uh, on public property in America and Dearborn Heights and Dearborn during uh, their Muslim festivals. And it's not because they've made some law against it. They just – they don't want you to die because they can't control the Muslim mobs. And um, – but Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled against Donald Trump and his constitutional order. He has a right to do what he does, uh, and it's his job as the president to do what he does. This is what Romans 13 describes. You're to punish evildoers. You're to block that kind of lifestyle. And if you claim to follow Allah, then we already know your mindset. Your mindset is conversion by the sword, unless you're one of those radicals that uh, somehow has a twisted idea that you, you, you win them by love. That's a radical Muslim. The typical Muslim converts by the sword. And so um, here we are. I mean, it's just this satanic agenda. It doesn't matter whether we put a good president in or not. That satanic agenda will stop the efforts of good, which it just breaks my heart that our country is where it's at. Yeah, even with the uh, with Trump getting elected still, as you will have noticed, the spiritual – um, difference in this country is not significant. Um, a lot of there was a lot of secularism and selfishness in in some of what people. I mean, I'm going to be controversial here. I know, especially with our crowd, but sure. uh, you know, it was the money. It was the uh, it was the they didn't like Obama. It was it was these things. It wasn't because they desired and loved righteousness that they wanted to elect Trump. Otherwise. Otherwise, you know, Trump was never in it for the righteousness. Now, has God used him to do some things since he has been elected president? And I would say absolutely yes. Was this a better alternative than Hillary? I would say by by many, oh, yes. a hundred times at least. But the fact is this, that the, America is still basically in the same spiritual condition that it was before the election. And so what are we going to do about that? That's the big question, because you know as well as I do, Pastor, that nothing is going to change in this country until the hearts of the people are turned toward God and righteousness. And the fact is that as a country, we still are at the point where we have rejected God's ideal and have rejected largely his son, Jesus Christ. And so I think that uh, while we are in a time of rest as far as uh, the progression of the liberal um, ideology, I think that also we better beware while we were at this time of ease that we don't end up worse than the way that we began with even more unrighteousness, with an even worse oligarch than Obama because the hearts have not changed. Well, one of the mistakes that the religious patriot movement 
I'm going to say religious because they're really not dedicated to Christ most often. But one of the mistakes that the religious patriot movement makes is they get this idea that if America doesn't get back to its constitutional roots and America doesn't get back to true uh, uh, true liberty, uh, which, by the way, true liberty is found only in Christ, but if it doesn't get back to its um, founding, that uh, – as Christians, we will not be able to serve God like we ought to, and and we'll, you know, and so on and so forth. But in truth, uh, Christianity has thrived under oppression. The scriptures, the bulk of the scriptures, have been written in time of oppression. True. All right. Uh, now, I am not advocating that at all. But no. The, the, the <laughs> problem, the problem with the patriot Christianity group or the patriot religious patriot crowd is they're not committed to Christ. They're teach. They're, they've got a, a misfocus. All right. They, they they think that somehow, Jason, we 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 get back to a revolution, then then we'll finally start serving Christ. They've got it wrong. They need to be as dedicated as they've ever been in the. In the service of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So then, what they do then, Jason, is they say, "Well, my service to the King of Kings is to overthrow tyrants and and tyranny and uh, and, and and to protest and to contact my congressman." Actually, no, that's a side note. It's a side note. Your commitment should be to Jesus Christ and Him alone. One hundred percent. And then the other things like contacting your congressman. And, and and standing up for Second Amendment rights and First Amendment rights and, and so on and so forth. Those those things can fall in line, but I'll tell you right now, you're not getting any rewards in heaven for that. Well, those, say, things, well, have to, go ahead. those things have to come from a heart that has um, that is fully given over to Christ and his service. That's the thing. You know, we know that the Bible says that all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And that uh, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. You say you see people like uh, Bill Gates who give away computers and start libraries and things like that. And you say, well, yeah. how can the Bible say that? And those people still be doing, you know, those things. The fact is, we will not do right, and we will not be effective in our um, in our, I guess, over taking this country back for for God unless our hearts are right first. That's the thing. I think that you're right. They've gotten the cart ahead of the horse. They say if we do this, if we do that, if we do this, if we do this, if we overtake this, if we uh, get this person out of there, then people will turn to God. And that's the exact opposite of what it actually is going to happen. People's hearts yep. need to turn to God first, and then God will heal that land. And, yeah, I believe that's supported by Scripture. Oh, it is. It, well, you know, I know that that's given to the nation of Israel, but why why wouldn't that work for the United States of America? If my people shall um, – now now I can't even think of the verse. You'll just have to look it up in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. But the point is this. It, to the brethren, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The work of the Lord, his work, all right? And, and I, I can't say this enough. Uh, when, when you go back to the 1700s, and yes, for all the mistakes that the Puritans made, they didn't have to worry about the moral aspects, although there was probably immorality even then because that's the sin nature of man. But well, you know there always is with legalism and the way sure. that, the, that they had. But anyway, go ahead. But I mean, the, 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 as far as the fear of the Lord was concerned, they already had that one down. So then when tyranny 
rose, ra- raised its ugly head, and they had the uh, ability to withstand, God allowed them to do so. Right now, before we can withstand against our enemies or stand against tyranny, we have to have the moral aspect down. And the sad thing is, Jason, that in the church, we are as morally depraved as the world. I mean, I was just reading well, and making excuses for it. That's the yes. thing, you know, saying that, hey, we need to have our church in the bar. Hey, we need to be out there smoking dope with the unsaved people, because isn't that what Jesus Christ would do? And the fact is, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus oh, Christ told the woman that was caught in adultery, go and sin no more. There are things you should not do, Pastor. And uh, unfortunately, a pastor that throws it out there in church that, hey, the Bible does refer to specific things you're not supposed to do, he's called a legalist. He's called a, you know, he's trying to to, to keep people from doing what they want to do. And uh, yep. it's ridiculous, our situation that we find ourselves in. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. See, all of those things w- w- were given to the nation of Israel. But you cannot tell me that that's not a a recipe for any other nation, because God expected those things out of any other nation. Humble yourself, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven. Sure. Forgive their sin, because the forgiveness of sins is far more important than the healing of a land. And Jesus Christ even made that clear when he would heal individuals. Like, for instance, in Matthew 9, you have a palsied man being brought through a roof by four friends. And Jesus sees the faith of the four friends, not the man that's laying there paralyzed. And he says, thy sins be forgiven thee. And he doesn't heal them immediately. He instead tackles the most important issue, your sins, because that's the problem. Then healing came after that. So uh, the key has always been morality. There's a church up in Redding, California. The pastor has just been convi- – or well, he's been arrested, and uh, he's going to go on trial for molesting three little girls. Um, and and this, isn't, this isn't uncommon. This is happening around the country. And morality, uh, as far as uh, – we look at that and say, that's awful, that's wicked, and we're seeing sodomy in the churches. But, Jason, how about just the, the simple thing of – uh, sleeping around, fornicating, messing around uh, with the opposite gender. And here's the thing. They, they look at it and say, well, at least I'm not a homo. But you call yourself right. a Christian out there, and you're messing around before marriage? God says that's evil. That's fornication. And in 1 Corinthians 5, as a believer in Christ, which here's the interesting thing. He doesn't say that you can't be a believer in Christ and fornicate. He says, if a man be called a brethren and do those things, he said, you're not even eat with them. They're to be separated from you. I'm not even have lunch with you. And you know what they would say? They would say to me, well, look at you, the uber legalist. You're just like the Pharisees who said to Jesus, how can you eat and drink with sinners? Uh, Actually, that's New Testament. (laughs) You know? But um, and it, it's this it's right. the condition where we've we've gotten kind of confused in this country, and I appreciate the patriots for their stand of part, trying to bring us back to our foundational roots. But unfortunately, the, they think that that is uh, uh, the Constitution, and they think it's the the mindset of the the, the founding fathers, you know, where uh, taxation without representation, no taxation without representation. And I, look, I get all that. That's great. But man, you better you better change morally before God does anything anything as far as uh, 
civil cons- civil rights are concerned, uh, before he changes and heals this land, which it is definitely sick, we have got to have a spiritual revival. Well, you asked the question, how can we abort as many babies in America as we do, or even one, really, and uh, expect God's blessing to be upon this land? It's legal. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, all right, folks, this is the Contenders for the Faith radio broadcast. We're already halfway through the broadcast. It goes so fast. Stay tuned to the break. We'll be back after uh, a few moments, and we're going to have a very interesting and controversial topic for the second half of the broadcast. Jump in that chat room in the meantime. We'll be right back.
ancient Greeks thought thyme herb provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herb when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes the nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for time, tincture, and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International 704-875-8010 or online at thepowerherbs.com. Be my friend. Don't 
Contenders for the Faith. I'm Casey Burton, and here's my dad, Pastor Jason Burton. All right. Welcome back to the second half of the broadcast, folks. This is the Contenders for the Faith radio program, and that voice you just heard was my son, Casey Burton. Now, in the big squeaky chair out in Payson, Arizona, the pastor of the only mega church in Payson, Arizona, with the Library of Alexandria, which I'm getting I'm getting ready to see here in a couple of weeks. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, strewing about his office and uh, the cedars of Lebanon flanking his desk. The uh, right reverend Dr. Pastor Anthony Garissi. Yeah, not, no reverend there. Um, and probably not even right. Well, isn't it, uh, isn't it just really strange how the world – in the in in the past has exalted mankind in in any way that it can. You think about that oh, term, sure. right reverend. Or how about all the uh, names for the pope? You know what I mean? I mean, he's oh, got yeah. a name that's like 15 words long and it's all so regal and stuff and it's just like, "Wow. No, he's just a reprobate that needs to be saved." <laughs> yep. Now the scriptures anyway. teach that holy and reverend is God's name and the pope has taken on titles that God never gave to man nor gives any example for man to receive. Right, and uh, so uh, he takes on too much, uh, and he's going to answer for that. Say, well, the Pope's irrelevant. No, 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 guys, listen. Uh, the Pope is as relevant as Donald Trump is relevant, and you take on these positions of authority. You claim these kind of powers upon yourself. Well, you're going to have to answer to the high and holy potentate, and that is God. And uh, so I wouldn't want their position at all because, man, oh, man, you imagine the Pope who has the vast influence that he has. Say, well, he's the Antichrist. Well, whatever, man. The Antichrist, I want you to get this. The Antichrist, because of his position and because of his influence and because of his rejection of God and his word, the Bible says will literally get thrown alive into the lake of fire, which not everybody gets. All right? He gets a special treatment, and that is you're going to burn alive. You, you don't even get that transition period. You're just going to get torched from uh, – uh, so the moment you die and then you wake up in the lake of fire and then you continue to be torched. Uh, the only other people that got that was um, uh, those guys that stood against Moses. Uh, what were their names now? I can't even think of it. But again, taking too much upon you. In fact, Moses said this. You take too much upon you. You take too much. That's why I stay away from the holy and reverend stuff. You know, uh, no, no. I'm just a pastor. That's all. Just a preacher of the word, trying to make, uh, trying to make do in this world, do the best I can to interpret the word of God correctly, and uh, make sure it's not my private interpretation, but by comparing scripture with scripture, I come up with the proper interpretation, not private interpretation. And and in doing so, Jason, we've come to a conclusion in the area of relationships, and that is marriage, uh, and and being single. Um, these are these are important issues that 
uh, we're losing sight of in our country. Marriage uh, is has been attacked for the last. I wouldn't give. I wouldn't be so uh, naive to say that for the last eight years under Obama. I think marriage has been attacked for a lot longer than that, and I would put the bushes on in that area too or era too where um and and pastors as well where marriage is not as important as god makes it well we have the privilege jason of watching a dear friend of ours in our church um absolutely um finally find the right one without having to sift through dozens of women and and heartbreak in order to find her he has served God faithfully, and that's what we want to talk about the second half. We have, a, we, we have a young man here who's served God faithfully in our church. He served God with me before I was pastor of the church, and, uh, and we've, we've, we've worked in the ministry together for years and years, and he has watched his closest friends get married and have children, and God has seen fit not to give him a wife until now. And uh, we 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 we, uh, we we got introduced to this beautiful young lady last week, and then uh, uh, found out he put a, f- a ring on her finger, Jason. And <laughs> the uh, and they they want to get married as fast as they possibly can. You say, well, people are saying, well, you know, is that I kind of jump on the gun. How do you know for certain? How do you know what's right? You know, you you know, we don't want you to have a life of misery and all that stuff. I'm gonna tell you something, guys. The reason why people have ruined marriages and broke and harms homes is because they never followed the Bible to begin with, and they never considered marriage as important as God did. And since we have re- ridiculed this uh, this institution, and we've uh, you know we we've relegated to the purview of the government of all things, a government that doesn't e- that, that that doesn't even respect God, and and actually um, in, in many cases. Uh, gives more respect to the things that oppose marriage, like homosexuality, lesbianism, uh, sodomy, and 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 transgender lifestyle. Tra- the transgender thing has gotten so far to hand, Jason, that I, I just received this, and I guess I'm a little bit behind the times. About a, a 52-year-old, formerly married man, now he's declaring himself to be a six-year-old little girl. All right. Now this happened a couple of years ago, and it's just now getting to my attention. I just I'm not keeping up with all the foolishness. But that's how far down we got. You, you can understand why God wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah because they had decimated the institution of marriage and morality. Yeah. And and yeah. now when we suggest that marriage needs to be put under the purview of God and His Word and needs to be it needs to be restricted to His Word, um, people call us legalists and and. And restrictive in some way, and I, I'm and I'm watching this young man. He is uh, Jason. He is so happy, and there's joy there, and there's no impurity, there's no immorality. Uh, he's never held her hand, and he's he's and he's looking forward to that day when he gets to kiss her for the first time. And and Christians can't even fathom that. Christians can't get that. They're like, w- you mean to tell me he hasn't even held her hand? He hasn't even given her a kiss yet. How does she know he loves him or loves her? <laughs> I mean, but isn't that just weird? I mean, I, you, you've heard it, and, uh, and obviously, boy, you heard it because you kind of went through a similar uh, thing. You guys were quite a bit younger than, than Daryl and uh, Hannah are. But uh, you went through a similar thing. The world thinks that's weird. But you know what? When has the world ever seen biblical Christianity or things done properly as being normal? 
the yep. world does not see it that way. The Bible talks a lot. I just went over a bunch of verses yesterday about it, about how the world um, uh, that that the world hates us because it hates Christ, it hates righteousness, and uh, if we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. We're told in First John, and so you know you see something like this, and really it exposes the hearts of Christians who some of them get rather upset over the whole courtship thing, don't they? Well, yes, they do. that's just radical and that's just ridiculous. What is this? Yeah. An arranged marriage? We yes. couldn't be further from the <laughs> truth. It's just serving God. What when did serving God get strange to the Christian folks of America? No, it's just doing things biblically. It's not giving any license to or, or any ability or any opportunity for sin. What is wrong with that? Well, because we ought to be what? Uh, on the line. We ought to always, you know, be uh, towing that line of sin because we always need to be fence sitters, I guess is what they're really saying. But the fact is, it's okay to back away from sin. It's okay to say we are going to draw the line way back here so that we make sure that God is glorified and God is honored in this relationship. And everybody, including most so-called Christians, think that that's weird. Well, why do they yep. think it's weird? Because they did worse. Because they didn't do it right. Absolutely. Sorry. I didn't do it right either. <laughs> I wasn't even saved when I got married. So uh, I know. I understand. It's okay. But you know what? That doesn't mean we shouldn't teach the truth to those who are now getting married. Amen? Uh, amen. Amen. You're absolutely right. Okay, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this uh, relationships and and um and 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 how the Bible describes it. The first thing is this: everybody starts single at some point, okay? That's just the way it is. You know, you you don't start out married in this life; you start out single. And so, it's, it's, it's real simple, okay? But I don't know, Jason. I have to say it that way because, as twisted as this world is, somebody's going to come up with a way. You know, oh, he he was married when he was born. You know, oh, come on, man, come on. All right, but. Everybody starts single, and so from the biblical perspective, before we even get into marriage, before we get into um, why God instituted marriage, and uh, what is the purpose of marriage, and what God thinks of those that forbid marriage, uh, let's start with the principles of being single. I actually posted the verse, uh, the verses in Second Corinthians chapter seven. Or First Corinthians chapter seven, the scriptures are quite clear that if a man is single or a woman is single, he puts him in the category of virgins. First of all, you're to stay a virgin. If you're single, you're to be a virgin. Oh, that the is pastor, isn't that just unreasonable in our day and age? I can hear the arguments coming already. There's no way. I mean, we have to make sure that our kids have safe ways to do things that are bad. <laughs> yeah, that's the big argument today. <laughs> uh, if you go to First Corinthians chapter seven, all right. Now it starts off real simple in First Corinthians seven verse one. Now concerning these words you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not, not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Let every man have his own husband. So, yeah, if you want that aspect of your life to be fulfilled, physical aspect, marriage is the answer. All right, marriage happens first. Corinthians 7, verse 1, it's sick, but I can't tell you how many Christians have fought me on this one. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. Now, Frank posts in the chat room, he said, a girl put a ring on her finger, how did he do it without holding her hand? And uh, my answer to Frank is the same way as I did it. Um, you do it. 
I didn't have to hold my wife's hand. In Daryl's case, he just slipped the ring on her finger. He didn't have to grab her hand, didn't have to give her a kiss, give her a hug, and say, oh, isn't this wonderful? I want you to marry me. And you said yes. You know, and it's, it's an emotional time. Actually, it is an emotional time. And there, there were people watching and taking pictures. And he, being a principled young man, said, I'm going to wait for that day. Right. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. We go to our church services, Jason. Uh, the men and women do not hug each other. Why? Because it's good for a man not to touch a woman, married or unmarried, unless, of course, it's your wife. If it's my yeah. wife, I hug her all the time, and I hug her in public. I kiss her in public. All right? That's, that's, I, there's nothing wrong with that, and the Scriptures doesn't condemn it. But as far as a single young man is concerned, he is, it's good for him not to touch a woman. It is a good thing. So, well, what if I hold her hand or shake her hand or give her a hug, will I fornicate with her later? No. No, it's just good not to do it. But I, I don't understand why that's so difficult for people to grasp, Jason. Because Every they want man, something else, Pastor. Because they don't exactly. want to. Because they don't want to have restrictions on the way that they interact with people of the opposite sex. Because every single one of us, at our base selves in our flesh, wants to interact imp- inappropriately with members of mm-hmm. the opposite sex. And if you go far enough in your depravity, then you want to interact inappropriately with members of the same sex. That's why. I mean, we're going to be controversial. We're going to be blatant, but we're going to be clean about it while we say it, too, because we know that kids are listening to this broadcast. But it's just because of sin. That's all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's because of we don't trust the teacher. And why egg it on? Look, look I went through high school, uh, and, 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 and I understand the raging hormones. And, you, and you know, the right settings provide it, and guess what? Sin occurs. Look, why is it the boys always want to hug and, and put their arms around and punch and, you know, pull and all? The reason why they want to put their hands on the girls. And the same thing with the girls. I mean, we, we man, I stand against it. When I see a boy that's uh, a teenage boy constantly shoving all that stuff, I don't think that's innocent fun. I think it's right. a boy that's in the flesh that needs to be restrained. And I say, knock it off. Stop that. It's a simple thing. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. Had a kid tell me that she was, well, what about when Jacob kissed uh, his uh, uh, his cousin Rachel, whom, by the way, he ended up marrying later on? That can be done in the Old Testament, guys. It's not allowed now, but because um, of the degeneration of sin and our, the breakdown of our DNA. So that's another study for another time. The point is this. He, he tried to pull Stupid stuff like, or when Jesus Christ was standing there taking, uh, remember, um, I think it was Mary comes to him and she kisses his feet. She's wiping his feet with her tears, and um, and 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 I, and I just I can't even fathom the mind of this boy who's trying to prove that it's okay for a man to touch a woman. The Bible says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. I said, well, why didn't Jesus stop her? Why do you even? Why would you even? The question. It's Jesus Christ for crying out loud. We're talking about the Savior of the world. He deserves all worship because he is God. You say, well, what about Jacob? Which was a dumb analogy, by the way, by this kid. Uh, Jacob was a deceiver to begin with, so why would we use him as an example for anything ever? <laughs> it's funny how people become Bible scholars as soon as they want to justify something. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Judge not. Judge not. They'll judge not. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll do it. And the reason why is because they, they, they pro- he probably had already kissed his girlfriend, you know, or he'd already done something with his girl. And so he didn't want to feel guilty about it. Man, just own up for it. He said, well, I held my wa- girl's fr- hand before I got married. Okay, good for you. And I never fornicated. Whoop-de-doo. Good for you. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. That's a principle that should be established. Okay? That's a simple principle. Why are we fighting that? Why would we fight that? <laughs> because, because people haven't been exposed to uh, biblical truth very much yeah. in our day and age. And uh, and so anything that, that uh, causes us to stand back and to not fall into, you know, to help prevent us from falling into temptation and uh, giving into it is, is seen as radical in this world. Because everybody is used to doing that which is right in their own eyes. It's just like the time of judges when, when people uh, were, were, you know, doing whatever they wanted to do. It didn't matter what the morality was. That's exactly the time we're living in today. Also, the time of Noah, when uh, people had rejected God wholeheartedly, and uh, the only time people want to bother with God's word or with God is when they're trying to justify themselves using something from Scripture in order to do so. And that's yeah. not right i mean you don't then you don't have a right to throw up the bible as your defense if you don't plan on living by the book is that right yeah that's right <laughs> amen I, I it is true every man will do what is right in their own eyes and uh, and all you can do is preach it and that's all i do it's just i just preach it and somebody's gonna sit there and defy it so i'll do whatever i want <laughs> okay fine you know, I, I won't fornicate i'll just do it you know okay fine man do it i'm just telling you this is the best way it's, it's simple. It's simple. Um, it's simple science, Jason. You know, they've got this. They got all this uh, safe intimacy uh, classes in public school, and um, the Christian comes back with the easy answer: uh, abstinence. Well, here's the easy answer to oh, um, oh the and they say, <laughs> oh, that's impossible. What are you? Are you're so unreasonable? People I actually know. controlling themselves and not acting like animals. How can that possibly happen? I mean, oh, we might yeah. as well throw mockery upon them. Hey, let's in the spirit of Elijah, let's go against <laughs> these guys, right? I mean, it's it's the end of evolution because we're all animals, anyways. That's what they say. So you just got to act instinctively. Well, listen, okay. First um, Corinthians seven acknowledges that there are desires in man. We're not de- we're not denying that, guys. I'm not telling you to be some super spiritual nut. You know, I I, I don't feel anything, guys. I feel it. You feel it. Don't deny it. All right. That's the bottom line. It's it, God put it in you. But the answer to it is biblical marriage. It's always been that way, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's a simple. Well, you know, if you're truly holy, see, this is what the Roman Catholic Church says. And, and inadvertently, Jason, we have been influenced by Roman Catholicism in some way. You know, the Roman Catholic Church says, well, if you're truly holy and married to Christ, then you don't need those things. Yeah, that's worked for them, hasn't it? <laughs> you know. Oh, my goodness. No, he said it's a doctrine of devils to forbid marriage. And in 1 Corinthians 7, he said to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Now, here's, here, here's where the public school feminism comes in. You know, are you saying that that's what marriage – are you saying that's what the wife's all for? No, you moron. The Bi- I couldn't help that. I had to say it. You moron. No. The Bible says it's good for a man not to be alone. It's a simple principle in scriptures. You want that type of thing, then you've got to get married. But if you don't want your life to be a total wreck, then you do it God's way. You do it God's way. And you wait on God. 
and you're just going to have to you're going to have to control it that's the bottom line now in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 he goes on to say that when he, he starts to explain how a single man is supposed to be, Jason, he starts off with virgin, virgin, to the virgins, here's my commandment, to the virgins, this is what God says, this is what I believe you should be. He keeps saying that, and this is his point, if you're not married, you're virgin. Yeah, but I've already messed up. Now listen, for some of you who have messed up, there's mercy with the Lord, there's grace with the Lord. All right, you can get forgiveness, and you could probably find a good home. You could, yeah, I mean, listen, it could happen, guys, where God can take a mess and make it right. There's no question, and there are many examples in the scriptures, and many examples in life itself that I've seen brethren serve God after making a mess of their life. So, but I'm talking about those of you that you're starting out, you're saved, and uh, you, listen. Those of you who have been saved for a long time, this should be a simple principle to you. If you're not married, you're virgin, and you stay that way. You stay that way, and you serve God with all of your heart. And you do it unapologetically. Yes. You know what? Because the world is going to try to get you uh, off, of the, uh, off of the direction that you're going. The world never wants you to serve Christ. In a pure way. The world never wants you to give your life over to Christ, even if it means never getting married. The world wants you to do what they want you to do so that they can consume you upon their lusts. We've been trying to teach the kids that, uh, you know, in our youth group here at the church, that the fact is the world is not their friend. The world wants them to sin, and so that's why the world uh, makes fun of people who will make a stand for righteousness in their life, even to the point where they say, you know what, I don't want to get close to that line. I'm going to stay back here so that I make sure that I am pure before God, and that is the right mindset to have. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. What? I couldn't have said it better myself. Here's what the scriptures teach. Um, <clears throat> he that is, uh, but I would not have you, but I would have you without carefulness in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32. He that is unmarried, careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. And it's the same thing for she that is unmarried. Serve and please the Lord, and let God bring that perfect person to you. Let God bring that wonderful person to you. And he'll do it, guys. He'll do it. You do it God's way, God will take care of the rest. Seek his kingdom first, and all these things shall be added unto you. All right, coming up next, Melissa Roxanne with New World Order Info. We'll see you next week on the show.
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189. And our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome, and cooling tubes. And the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
welcome to New World Order Info. And I'm Melissa Roxanne. You're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And it is my live show tonight on Monday, February 16th, 2015. And I've been telling you some information about garlic lately, some about vinegar, and so I still have more to talk about regarding those things tonight, so I'm going to get back into that, and uh, thank you to the macro broadcasters out there, and thank you to all of you who tell others about us and who support us in many different ways, we really do appreciate that. Don't forget about our bumper stickers, you can just... uh, Order those separately if you want, and they're a dollar a piece, and shipping's included, and it's in multiples of five. Actually, there's a minimum of five, so I guess you could buy six, you know, or whatever, but uh, there's a minimum of five for five dollars, so, um, and also whenever you order any product that AVR sells, which would be the satellite package, uh, KU band satellite dish, etc., and all that, or the organic sulfur or the distillers. I know all of those things you would receive for each one of those that you order a free bumper sticker. So keep that in mind, and that way you can help to get the word out about AVR when you're driving around and all that. Okay, so... I told you last week about the asthma fighting recipe, and that's a garlic syrup for asthma. So if you want to get that and maybe you didn't hear it, you can listen to that from last week's show. So go to our audio archives and get that. And that should go away whenever Frank uploads my new show to the audio archives. So get it now if you'd like to. And so... Okay, I'm going to get back into this book now, and it's called The Miracle of Garlic and Vinegar, and it's by James Edmund O'Brien, came out in 1994, it's about 97 pages long, it's got a lot of good information about garlic and honey, actually vinegar, little stuff in here about honey, I think, too, you know, and some of the recipes and all, but, um, So now I'm going to pick up here, and I'm talking about um, green garlic. When we speak of the word green in reference to garlic, we're not talking about the color of the bulb, although it can be green, but rather it's environmental friendliness. Garlic is a great natural insecticide capable of ridding houses, gardens, lawns, farms, pets, and trees of pests without the harshness and toxicity of chemicals. The issue of green consumerism using products that don't harm the environment is shaping into one of the most pressing concerns of the 1990s. And you know how that goes now. Even more so, except for they just use it as a lie, you know, while they pollute and poison us and the planet, the animals and nature as much as possible, in every means and way possible, they pushing this whole green thing on us all, you know, and using it as a means to 
take more of our money away, you know, more taxes, more fees and all that kind of thing, and more police state control upon us. But anyway, so the book goes on to say, Our reliance on plastics and other throwaway materials, the endless stockpiling of refuse and waste materials, and the use of chemicals for everything from washing floors to fueling rockets is quite literally endangering the existence of our planet. Huge forests in Europe and North America are withering, lakes are dying, and weather patterns are changing, mostly as a result of pollution. We can wage war for the Earth's survival in tiny ways in our own homes and daily lives with the products we buy, with the packaging we insist on, and with the compounds we choose for what seem to be the most simple of tasks. Take insect repellents, for example. There is no question that these products we use around our homes contribute to pollution. The U.S. and other nations have phased out DDT because of the health harms it can cause. But instead of seeking natural alternatives, the pros have gone out in search of safe chemicals. The new pesticides are, are organophosphorus compounds, and the Journal of the American Medical Association has stated that while they don't stay in the environment or the human body, as long as DDT, they're more poisonous. In its small way, garlic can help you avoid exposure to these hard compounds. While no one claims that it can solve the pollution crisis, every little bit helps. Garlic, quite simply, kills bugs. Mosquitoes, including those carrying yellow fever and encephalitis, drop dead in its presence. Along the way, it doesn't hurt people, the soil, the water, or the air. David Greenstock, Vice Chairman of the Henry Doubleday Research Association in England, has produced a garlic emulsion that kills malarial mosquitoes that have developed an immunity to DDT. Here are some kill figures to show how garlic solvents work against other pests. 87% of fireworm infestation, 83% of cockchafer larvae, 91% of mole crickets, 82% of gray-filled slugs, 95% of onion fly larvae, and 98% of cabbage white caterpillars. Although I believe they turn into the little cabbage butterflies, so I'm against that. And so for natural crop protection, a laboratory experiment produced some especially admirable results against the pea weevil, killing 87% of them. Lloyd J. Harris reports in the Book of Garlic. This is an insect related to the boll weevil, known to decimate cotton crops, and which many American growers claim requires DDT. Greenstock has clearly demonstrated that while garlic kills bugs dead, it is completely safe and harmless to livestock, wildlife, and birds. If anything, veterinarians believe garlic improves the health of animals. For these reasons, it is standard practice for organic gardeners today to border their plantings with rows of garlic and spray their crops with a garlic solution. The same should go for you at home. If you are growing just a few herbs or tomatoes or are raising a more extensive vegetable garden or an orchard of fruit trees, plant some garden garlic <laughs> in among your crops, your garden. 
Horticulturalists recommend it will repel the pests and leave you with something else tasty to eat at the end of the growing season. Not a heightened risk of cancer sometime in the future, which is a real threat from some chemical sprays. And my uncle was a farmer, and, you know, he, I'm sure, was doused in all these pesticides when he used them, and he ended up uh, getting cancer, and, and I think it is a lot, probably mostly to do with all those pesticides that he used and was exposed to, and he also had kidney problems to the point where, you know, he was in, had kidney failure, he was on dialysis for years, then he had a kidney transplant. So I think that, you know, it all contributed to that, to those things that happened to him, all those pesticides he used. And the way it works is simple. The same mechanisms in garlic that kill germs in people also seem to hit insects hard and keep them away from plants. Some researchers say garlic can inhibit protein synthesis in larvae, killing them. Others say it interferes with their breathing process. And here is David Greenstock's formula for a safe bug spray. Take three ounces of chopped garlic and let soak in two teaspoons, which is 50 cc's, of mineral water, sorry, mineral oil, for 24 hours. Then slowly add a pint of water in which one quarter ounce of oil-based soap, palm olive, has been dissolved and stir well. Strain liquid through fine galls and store in china or glass container to prevent a reaction with metals. Use it in a dilution of one part solution to 20 parts of water to begin with, then one to 100 after you know you initially use it on whatever plants. Apply to plants as spray. This is a simple preparation, effective and non-toxic. My wife and I have used it and we saw, saved a maple sapling from certain death by caterpillar and aphid infestation. So if it's an edible plant, I would probably, you know, use better quality of ingredients as far as the instead of the mineral oil which is a petroleum product I would use some, something safe like olive oil probably and then instead of the palm olive which is I'm sure full of terrible chemicals I would use a non-toxic type of um, you know liquid type of dish detergent so Make sure, you know, that's what I would do if it was an edible type plant or something. And even if it wasn't, you know, that's the kind of things we tend to use around here. So, and make sure you don't use it, you know, don't uh, put it in a metal container. Do it in like a glass container, ceramic or something like that would be good. And they say to strain the liquid through fine gauze. So you could use, you know, something really fine maybe cheesecloth or fine or something like that, um, or an old t-shirt even. And um, so they, they saved a maple sapling, they say, because it was going to die from all the caterpillars and aphids, aphids that were infesting it. So I'm not too fond of, you know, I don't like killing caterpillars because I like butterflies so much. So, you know, a lot of them do turn into the butterflies, um, you know, and I think it's good to let certain things, you know, certain, you know, plant extra for the different 
nature and animals that might, you know, eat some of the things that you grow. But um, anyway, so there's lots of different kinds of garlic. Um, there's Chilean. These are some common varieties. Um, the Chilean garlic, while obviously grown in South America, is also found in Japan, Formosa, India, and Spain. The bulbs are white and flat and resemble a tangerine in shape and clove arrangement. I had some tangerines today. They were good little small satsumas, better known as, uh, I think, clementines, yeah. And then I see some called halos in the store, too. But anyway, they were really good and sweet, and my family... They've grown satsumas since I was born, in fact, before then, in South Georgia, and they have to use heaters in the winter to keep them alive and everything, but those are the best oranges, I think, ever that I've ever had, the satsumas are, and um, so those ones that are clementines, those are satsumas, they're just like small, very small baby satsumas, and they're like uh, tangerines, in case you've never had any, and they're really good and really sweet. And then there's Chileno garlic. It's a variation of Creole with larger cloves. And Creole is common in Mexico and South America. The plant resembles the late garlic, except it is taller and lighter in color. The skin covering the cloves is dark pink. Early garlic has broader leaves than the late type, and they're light to pale green in color. This strain often displays purplish veins in the skin. Egyptian garlic is tall and fast growing. It produces large white bulbs that contain a lot of small cloves and white sheaths. Elephant garlic is an extremely mild form of garlic that has begun to find its way onto many supermarket shelves. The bulb is approximately the size of a tennis ball. Although I think the smaller the garlic, the more medicinal it is. So for medicinal purposes, I'll stay away from the larger garlic cloves, you know, bulbs and all that. Like the elephant garlic, it's not going to be as medicinally potent as the smaller varieties. And Italian is grown in Louisiana, Italian garlic, and in other subtropical parts of the country. Its pink or purplish cloves are stronger in flavor and smaller than the Creole, which is also grown in Louisiana. The garlic bulbs of this strain are not unlike the artichoke in appearance. The cloves, which are arranged just like artichoke leaves, have thin, layered skins that come off easily. Its leaves are lighter green than those of the Creole. Those are some common varieties. Then there's late garlic. has a reputation for keeping a long time late garlic does. The narrow, upright, dark green leaves and the white sheath surrounding the clove distinguish late garlic from other varieties. The clove ranges in color from light pink to deep red. Then there's rock and bowl, sometimes called serpent garlic. Because of the coiled shape of its looping green stems, the bulbs are smaller in size than those of plain garlic, although they are equally as pungent. The baby bulbs that form after the flowers fade can be eaten, fresh or pickled. Then there's silver skin. That's the name given to many garlic strains which have that familiar white outer covering. And this is the basic white garlic that many nurseries offer to the would-be gardener and cultivator, and it grows well all across the U.S. 
And then there's the Spanish Rojo or Red Garlic. And this powerfully favor flavored variety originated in Spain. It is very tolerant to drought. And the experts in Gilroy, California, which was, you know, at the time the book was written, I think the one, the place that had producing the most garlic, and they have a big garlic festival every year. They um, suggest some things, so I'll tell you about that on the other side. So we'll be right back.
things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189 and our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome and cooling tubes and the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. One. Oh, yeah, it's like lightning. Everybody was fine. 
back to New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne. It's my live show tonight on Monday, February 16, 2015, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. And so I've been giving you some info about garlic, the miracle of garlic, and that's what this book is about, and the Miracle of Garlic and Vinegar is the title, and it's by James Edmund O'Brien. So it's telling you about different kinds, common, uh, you know, types of garlic, common varieties, and um, so the the people in Gilroy, California, suggest starting with the amounts below, which they admit are on the low side. As your taste change, you may wish to add more. So. This is basically using garlic in food, you know, so I think you're going to probably, you know, if it were me anyway, I would make sure if I was going to use garlic, which I do, to take in, you know, the the raw garlic. And I might have some cooked garlic too, but I would make sure to get enough raw garlic as well because I think, you know, that's probably going to be more beneficial uh, medically, you know medicinally and so for cooking purposes they suggest for meats to use one eighth to a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder or one and a half to two teaspoons of garlic salt or two to three cloves of fresh garlic for every two pounds of meats and don't forget you can always you know, make your own garlic salt using a good quality salt instead of the the bad kind of salt. And always check with your doctor about using garlic and, you know, all that kind of thing because it is a blood thinner. Garlic and onions are and many other things are, so. Um, and the same goes with your vet when you're thinking of giving it to your any animals, etc. Um, for, for sauces, they suggest using one-eighth to a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder or two cloves of fresh garlic for three cups of sauce. A lot of people like to add more, though, of course, you know. So it's kind of a thing depending on how much you like garlic. And soups add, they say, an eighth of a teaspoon of garlic powder or two cloves of fresh garlic. And for pickled foods, add one-eighth to a quarter teaspoon of dehydrated, chopped, or minced garlic, or two to three cloves of fresh garlic. And for relishes, an eighth of a teaspoon of dehydrated, minced garlic can be added, or two cloves of fresh to two pints of chutney or relish. And... So that was pretty much, I think, most of the information on garlic. Um, let's see. Well, there are some garlic recipes, so that's further on in the book. Um, so, you know, there's everything from um, halved heads of garlic and sauce. There's roasted garlic. There's charcoal roasted whole garlic. There's parsley salad with garlic dressing. Garlic puree. Poached garlic with butter. Garlic soup. Stuffed chicken wings. Hot and garlicky wings. Eggplant antipasto. Gilroy 
that's the place in California, chili. So recipe for chili. Uh, patrician escargot, which are snails. You won't find me eating that. Um, ambrosial grape leaves. Garlic plumped chicken. Linguine with caramelized garlic. Homemade Italian sausage. Rainy Sunday super stuffed shells. Nancy's glorious garlic quiche. Pastry crust, which, you know, is just a regular pastry crust, but you use that for the quiche. Um, and then there's spaghetti chini carolini. Uh, scampi a la fireman chef. Garlic chicken pineapple. Gloria's lamb stew. Garlic pudding, believe it or not, and the custard sauce for that. And garlic chip cookies. <laughs> I don't know. That seems kind of weird to me. Um, there is a little bit more about garlic. Like I say, I always check with your veterinarian regarding regarding um, these things. And um, so it says here, garlic vinegar and your pets. So this is a little bit about both. Um, a California veterinarian calls it the poor man's penicillin. It is an essential part of the daily diet of some of the world's most highly prized racehorses. And believe it or not, you know, here, another thing the racehorses get is a lot of them are getting the liposomal vitamin C because, you know, it's so beneficial, it's so good, and it's so um, bioavailable meaning that the body, you know, can use it. It goes right into the cells and goes, you know, does everything it needs to do to help those horses and to keep them healthy and, and to heal them if they need healing and, you know. So they give it to the racehorses. So apparently, you know, they're giving them the the garlic too. So it says, just listen to the animal experts sing its praises. David Smith, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine of North Hills, California, commonly prescribes garlic as part of his flea prevention program and for treating and preventing allergy flare-ups. He also believes it may help prevent certain cancers in pets. I told you about Kelly Item, who healed himself of cancer with garlic and habanero peppers. So I definitely believe it, it is good for preventing cancer and maybe even, you know, for healing it. Maybe along with hot peppers or vitamin C, you know, different things. And Richard H. Pitcairn of Eugene, Oregon, author of Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, claims that the tasty little bulbs Garlic bulbs help strengthen animals' digestion and intestinal tracts and eliminate worms. He also recommends garlic for a pet that has been on a high meat or fish diet that tends to put on weight or that suffers hip pain from arthritis or dysplasia. Another thing good for arthritis, vitamin C is good, great for that. Apple cider vinegar is great for that. Um, at least that, these are some things I would use, and organic sulfur. Those are all good for arthritis. Um, and uh, the uh, apple cider vinegar, you know, such as Bragg brand or Solana Gold brand, 
make sure, you know, if you're going to use that for health purposes or in or on your body or your animal's body or their, you know, if you're putting in their water or anything, make sure, you you know, it's okay to do. Check with your vet and all that, um, although they probably have never heard of it. But um, I wouldn't put much either. But a lot of people do give it to their animals. You know, they put some a little in their water. They do it for their chickens, their livestock, you know, or they pour it over their food. But in their water, probably they're not going to notice it as much as if it was poured onto their food, although some animals do like it. But um, it, the apple cider vinegar, you know, make sure it's the raw, you know, kind uh not it's not been pasteurized the apple cider vinegar has not been pasteurized or you know heated and it's um the right kind it's raw and it's organic organic and it's with the mother it should say that on the label i always you know mention it every time i talk about it because somebody could be a new listener they may never have heard me say that and they may get the wrong kind so um, and then make sure it's in a glass bottle if you do purchase that to use in or on your body or your animals, et cetera, because the plastic chemicals could leach into the vinegar because, you know, it is very acidic. And also the apple cider vinegar for the um, arthritis, it can be, you know, like a, any kind of a cloth can be basically soaked in that garlic or it can be sprayed onto the cloth or whatever, you know, just dip the cloth into the, the apple cider vinegar and then that can be wrapped around, say, your knee if it's bothering you, you know, arthritis-wise or something. Well, at least that's what I would do. Um, you know, I have read that's something good for arthritis and I've read also, you know, foods from the nightshade family should be eliminated. So you might want to look that up. There's a lot of information out there. Um, some people take and use um, gelatin for arthritis, and some people use pectin for arthritis. And then there's the vitamin C, you know, which is good, and that's good for arthritis, and it's good for inflammation. It's good for most anything, pretty much. Um, but there could be some cautions. Certain people should maybe not use it. So look into that. Check with your doctor and all that. And remember, vitamin C is a blood thinner. And so is the apple cider vinegar. Um, but then the cloth, you know, with the apple cider vinegar can just be wrapped around, you know, the the place, you know, as far as the arthritis goes. Or it can be used for varicose veins, things like that. And vitamin C um, will strengthen veins, by the way, and clear out arteries. So will cayenne, um, and the garlic does too, and I believe the vinegar, you know, does too. And I believe blood thinners do as well, so that goes for fish oil, you know, um, lemon juice, lots of blood thinners, you know, there's a lot of them out there, uh, citrus juices, things like that. And then there is lysine, which a lot of people use. That's in Linus Pauling's heart protocol to avoid heart attacks, strokes, aneurysms, and um, blood clots. Vitamin C and lysine taken together um, daily. So you might want to look into that. And so, um, you know, that 
that apple cider vinegar wrapped cloth, you know, I can just wrap it around and then, you know, maybe put some kind of plastic or something on top of it just to keep the, if the vinegar, you know, you don't want to get it on anything. That's what I would do. And, and I've read about people even sleeping like that, you know, just I wouldn't wrap it too tight or anything. But that way it will keep the vinegar from getting onto the, the bedding or whatever. So, um, and that may help, you know, a lot. And then there's researchers at California's Loma Linda University School of Medicine that attribute garlic's ability to control parasites to its powerful antibacterial action. They say it controls the growth of microorganisms. And I have given it to one of our dogs that had parasites, I believe, um, you know, he, um, she, I'm sorry, was losing weight and so I started giving her the garlic. Sometimes I'd give her garlic and sometimes I would give her black walnut hull and mix it in with like an egg and she would eat it right up and um, in no time she gained the weight back, you know, and seemed to be very healthy. So I think that the garlic and the black walnut hull work to get rid of parasites. Or whatever's wrong with her, but I, I do think it was parasites. I didn't see any, but, you know, whatever it was wrong with her, it worked. I know that. So check with your vet. Make sure it's okay for your animal to have garlic or black walnut hull, et cetera, whatever. Any kind of herb or something you're not sure about. And some things are supposedly, you know, not good for dogs or cats or animals to eat or, you know, to ingest. So make sure you look into all that just to be safe. Um, and veterinarian Gloria Dodd, who calls garlic the poor man's penicillin, says garlic extract treats parvovirus. You've heard me talk about that many, many times. That's a deadly virus. And they say here it's a disorder that in dogs leads to excessive intestinal bleeding and death. That's because it puts holes in their intestine and it dehydrates them, which is what kills them. But, um, so the, the vinegar can be used to kill that virus, and the vinegar, the distilled vinegar, can be sprayed, you know, it could be sprayed straight, or it could be sprayed, you know, mixed with water, and, and if you could, you know, spray it straight without ruining something, I think that's the best way to do it, because that would kill the virus a lot sooner but that will kill kill the uh, parvovirus and the uh, feline distemper, also known as feline panleukopenia, which is the same pretty much thing, except for it's more deadly in, you know, kittens than the parvovirus is in puppies. And it can also kill cats and dogs. But the younger they are, the more likely it is to kill them. And we did use... Um, you know, I sprayed the uh, distilled vinegar around, and I do, anytime an animal goes to the vet, you know, I always spray the the entire car uh, carrier, whatever I carry them to the vet in. So, um, the carrier, I take them to the vet in, and it gets sprayed all over with distilled vinegar, and, um, you know, 
know, I do mix it with water, but it would probably be even better just to use the straight distilled vinegar. And like I said, that will kill the, the virus, the parvovirus and the panleukopenia or feline distemper virus. They're both viruses and they're deadly. And also, I spray every surface inside and out. So, you know, you got to make sure you cover the entire thing. And then I would just let it, you know, set for at least 10 minutes on there before I rinsed it off and everything. And, you know, if you set it on the ground first, the ground can get contaminated with that virus. So keep that in mind, you know, and spray the ground with the vinegar too, you know. Spray around where that carrier has been. And the same thing goes with your car. You know, the virus can be on the bottom or on the carrier somewhere. You can put it in your car and then the virus can be transferred to your vehicle. So then later if your animal gets in that vehicle or you, your clothing touches that place, I mean, I'm telling you, this stuff is deadly and I would just be, it's better to be safe than sorry. So I would probably put something in the vehicle first that I could throw away, like newspaper, you know, down, and that's what I do, something like that. I put something around on top of the seat before I put the carrier in the car. That way, when I come home and the, the carrier, I always assume is contaminated with that virus, then, you know, I'm very careful when I take the carrier out of the car and I have the vinegar right there. I can spray my hands when I come from the vet, you know, we can... As soon as you come out of the vet, you can spray your hands with the vinegar to clean them to kill that virus because that's another way that vets can kill animals, and they don't know any better, obviously, because it's happened to our animals when I've taken them in. You know, they can just touch an animal that has this and transfer that virus from their hands from the sick animal, or even if it's, you know, not showing symptoms yet, it could have that virus, and then it can they can transfer it onto the other animals and it's transferred from their bodily fluids, um, you know, and animals lick themselves and each other, so it's in their saliva, and the vet can just touch their fur, even if the vet doesn't touch some other bodily fluid and transfer it. So, you know, the vets are just reeking with this virus all over the vets, um, the animal hospitals and all that, and shelters, places like that, pet stores, you know, just so you know, you know, the distilled vinegar will be something good to use straight to kill that virus. And if it's mixed with water, it would definitely need to sit at least 10 minutes. And I would I would use half vinegar and half water mixed together and shaken up in a spray bottle to spray the surfaces. But then that's got to sit 10 minutes. If it was straight vinegar, it may not take as long, but I'd still, for safety's sake, let it sit for 10 minutes. But um, another thing... For the animals that may help them to live, I mean, they need hydration and, you know, they probably need an IV. Um, if they're older, they may make it, or even if they're younger, if they get plenty of water, um, because they probably won't be able to drink it on their own. And then vitamin C, I think, would help them greatly, and, and it has helped ours to save their lives. And activated charcoal, probably given like two hours apart. Um, and the lapispheric vitamin C would be excellent. So those are some things for the parvo or feline panleukopenia, feline distemper virus. But they say here in the book that 
garlic is the poor man's penicillin. That's a vet named Gloria Dodd calls it that. And that garlic extract treats parvovirus, which is a disorder in dogs that leads to excessive intestinal bleeding and death. And the symptoms usually are that they will stop eating and they will vomit a lot of the time. They may not always, though, and have diarrhea. So keep that in mind. If you see these symptoms, diarrhea and or vomiting spinning up, um, and it will be a lot of times a very yellowish uh, looking fluid when they vomit, but not always. That's their bile. It could be clear and all these other colors. But the yellowish is a very big sign, I think. Okay, we'll be back with a second hour on the other side, so stick around.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Thank you. 
Welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and it's the second part of my live show tonight on Monday, February 16th, 2015, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. Okay, so I'm going to get back into garlic now, and... This is from the book, The Miracle of Garlic and Vinegar, by James Edmund O'Brien. And so, I was telling you before the break about how this veterinarian, Gloria Dodd, calls garlic the poor man's penicillin and says that garlic extract treats parvovirus, a disorder that in dogs leads to excessive intestinal bleeding and death. And I was telling you what I have come to find out about both, you know, the parvovirus and something similar in cats and kittens, which is even more deadly. It's an, it's a, another virus called panleukopenia, feline panleukopenia, um, or feline distemper, which is the two different names for the same virus. So, um, you know, all the things that I told you would apply to dogs, puppies, and you know, using the vinegar and or 
you know, to sterilize their environment, the environment to kill the virus, and um, the distilled vinegar for that, like I said, sprayed around and applied to any surface that, you know, the virus may have come into contact with, which means any of their bodily fluids, just them walking around if they have it, you know, it can contaminate wherever they've been or if they're lying down or sitting or whatever. Um, their bedding, you know, whatever it is, it could have a virus, etc. So, and then it can, if other animals are exposed to it, they can die. Um, yeah, they do have a vaccine for this, um, but, you know, if they haven't gotten the vaccine and the vaccine takes seven days, you know, after they've been given it, supposedly that's what I've always read anyway, for it to work and become effective, um, you know, or if they haven't been exposed to it, sometimes, you know, cats get exposed to this virus or dogs or puppies or kittens do, these two different viruses, and then they're immune to it, and they may have a little bit of symptoms or no symptoms, but they may be fine if they're old enough, you know, or somehow they're immune to it. It's usually when they're older that that might happen, but they can still have the virus and transmit it to other animals that are younger or, you know, haven't been vaccinated, and it could kill them. So keep that in mind. It may not be the actual animal you took to the vet that gets the virus and dies. It could be exposing that animal to other animals. So that's happened to us before. The first time it ever happened before I knew anything about this feline pain leukopenia or feline distemper virus, you know, I took an animal to the vet, one of our cats, and I had never even heard of this. And so he was treated for something totally different, and then he came home with that virus without our knowledge. And then our cats started getting very sick and dying, um, kittens especially. Um, and so then, you know, when I ended up taking them to the vet, of course the doctor didn't tell me what it was, um, didn't tell me a thing about it. I had to learn it all on my own through trial and error, and it took a long, long time for me to learn as much as I have about it, but um, anyway, it, it definitely can kill 90% is the rate of death in kittens, just for an example. So, and even older cats can die from it. So, you know, something not to play around with and to take very seriously, just telling you. Um, but vitamin C and or activated charcoal given to the animals um, through a syringe, for example, because they're probably not going to eat, so really it can't really be mixed into their food because they're not going to eat anyway. Um, but giving that by mouth, for instance, you know, like the the um, lipospheric vitamin C would be good to give them through a syringe in the mouth without the needle in it, of course, and making sure that, you know, they don't aspirate anything into their lung or lungs. And the same goes with activated charcoal that can be mixed with water and given to them. And I would probably do it two hours apart from any beneficial supplement or any kind of medicine given to them. And that will, you know, get rid of toxins in the body too and poisons and, and like this virus. And the vitamin C will as well and, you know, help to heal them. But they do have to get enough water and they're not going to be drinking water 
they frequently hang their head over their water bowl and they look at it and they want to drink it, but for some reason they can't seem to drink it usually. Plus, they're going to be getting dehydrated from the vomiting and spitting up and the diarrhea that they frequently have because, for one thing, their intestines are full of holes and it causes their intestines to bleed and then they get, you know, they get dehydrated, which usually kills them first, but they can suffer greatly. So they can have seizures, terrible, terrible seizures, um, and, and a lot of pain, obviously. So anything you can do to avoid them getting this and to sterilize their environment and to be extra careful because the vets are not doing this. The vets are not sterilizing. They're not using bleach, which is one thing that can be used, although I prefer the vinegar because bleach I don't I think is bad. Everything I've read about it, it causes cancer. I would much rather use the distilled vinegar to sterilize the environment versus the bleach. So those are, you know, two different disinfectants that can be used or hydrogen peroxide can be used like the three percent kind. So but I tend to I usually use the vinegar, although I've used hydrogen peroxide too to sterilize to kill this virus but if the vets were doing that and then allowing you know being very careful about sterilizing everything you know like the tables that they put the animals on but they whatever they use is not working it's not killing the virus and they're not letting it sit there you know long enough before they have the next animal come into the room and, and our vets you know they just it's just constant one after another they don't give any time in between the the animals to come into the room you know with the vets to to look at them and diagnose them or whatever so and they're transmitting it for their hand from their hands alone they're transmitting it from animal to animal so all these things and then they don't believe in vitamin c you know they don't know anything about that or activated charcoal as far as the activated charcoal they do use that and they have used that on on one of our animals our cats that got bad pet food once and you know it, it worked and i'm glad they used it but i don't think they use it for anything other than something like that i don't think they're using it you know to you know when a cat or a dog or a puppy or a kitten has this type of virus parvo or feline distemper etc but it has worked to save our cats lives but like i say they need plenty of water so they don't get dehydrated and they are dehydrated when this happens so you know the older they are probably the better chance they have to survive um, but we've even had older cats that got it that were affected just as badly as the kittens. One older cat did. Um, other times we'd have kittens that were a little older and they barely had any symptoms and they were okay. Um, and then other times our kittens have died, you know, that were young. So it's a 90% chance that they'll die. And the vets, you know, I've taken them to the vet and they've told me, you know, there's a 90% chance they're going to die no matter what we do. And then they'll give them um, antibiotics. Well, antibiotics aren't going to help them because it's a virus. So that just shows you the vets are clueless. And they don't warn the patients. You know, they don't warn the people that bring their animals in about this because they don't, I don't think they know themselves. They don't know all these things that I'm telling you about how easily, you know, transmissible it is and... You know, even when you bury the animal, 
think about that. You're contaminating the ground and anything that animal touches. So another animal could dig that animal up, and then it could kill a whole lot of animals. So you have to, re you know, keep all these things in mind. But it's a dark. It's like a deep yellow color. That's what I remember seeing before I knew what it was on the floor. And I think that's the bile in them that they're probably throwing up. And, um, you know, if you see that, then that's a huge sign to me that they have this, um, this virus. So, um, and anything that they do throw up is highly contaminated. So keep that in mind, you know, don't leave something lying around that you wipe up, you know, that another animal can come into contact with. And I would spray that vinegar onto that floor, you know, when I, after I wipe it up, I would spray it thoroughly with vinegar and let it sit there for at least 10 minutes all around where thoroughly where it's, the animal has thrown up or any bodily fluids have gotten in. And don't, and, and you need to quarantine the animal, you know, you know, if you're, you haven't gone to the vet yet or whatever, or you're choosing to keep them at home, um, that animal has to be quarantined from the other animals. So, especially if they haven't been vaccinated against this virus or they're younger animals, you know, but it'd be better, I think, just for safety's sake, no matter what their age is, to quarantine the animal. Um, anyway, it's very sad, but those are some of the things I've learned about it. Um, so, top-prized thoroughbreds at the famous New Market Racing Stables in England consume buckets of garlic every day. According to Professor John Heinerman, a world authority on herbs and herbal medicine, breeders found that modern medicines were not always effective against the various diseases that used to cripple the horses. And it says here, uh, I, I don't like this term, but it says Lord John Fitzgerald was the first of the local trainers to experiment with the bulb. He used it to prevent viruses, eliminate worms, and keep the blood thin, which protects the heart. In Southern Europe, garlic is fed to the horses to increase fertility. It is said to make the stallion's blood race. Garlic has had its brush with celebrity pets as well. When actress June Lockhart from Lost in Space, I think, I could be wrong, or actually it's Lassie. She started in Lassie. Um, so when she started losing the battle with her dog, Tony's fleas, she was told to mix garlic extract with his food. And the flea problem just disappeared, she says. In fact, Lockhart, who became a spokesperson for International Hearing Dog Incorporated, was so excited by garlic's powers that she arranged for the extract to be sent out with every newly trained dog. And then here's some information. Like I say, always check with your vet to make sure these things are okay to use on any animals you may have. Um, this is how to use garlic for your pets. Um, and it says here, although you should try to use fresh raw garlic whenever possible, granulated or garlic extract will work if you have no choice. Gar um, grate a little garlic into your pet's food at every meal, about one half to three cloves.
depending on the animal's size. So like I say, I always check with your vet about all these things. And uh, there's some recipes here for different things. I'm not going to really go over, but there are some recipes in the book. I don't agree with some of the things I see in the recipes, probably, unless you're really careful about getting the primo ingredients, like rice, because there's arsenic in it. And I guess you could use it, but I would try to get organic. And then, anyway, there's different things that garlic can be mixed into. If they have mild stomach distress, it says, um, um, there's also a dry skin supplement for dogs. However, they're talking about using corn oil, which I think is bad. I would use coconut oil instead. And they're using brewer's yeast and fresh pressed garlic. With that, a tablespoon of the oil, a teaspoon of brewer's yeast, which is supposed to repel fleas, and that can be mixed in with their food to repel fleas as well. And then a quarter clove of fresh pressed garlic. So that's something that can be mixed up and added to food daily. That's a dry skin supplement. It may also help with fleas too, since it's got garlic and brewer's yeast. And the coconut oil is something, you know, good, good for them as well. Um, I don't know that I would use a whole tablespoon, especially if it's a small animal. I would just use a little bit of that. And it can, you know, cause it could cause diarrhea. So you never, you know, you never know. Although I let some of our cats, I, you know, I give them a little bit of coconut oil. They like it, and I just give them a little bit. But it's good for them. Um, and then there's some vegetarian diet, you know, recipes for dogs and hypoallergenic diets for dogs and cats and a low-sodium diet for dogs here listed in the book. Okay, so then there's we're going to move on to talk about um, vinegar now because the book is about that too. And here's something that I don't really know about these, so make sure you look into these things and research and ask your vet about if it's okay and safe to give to your animals whatever kind of animals you have it says here you can boost your cat's immune system by offering vitamin rich snacks like cantaloupe yogurt vegetables cheese meats and eggs sprinkle a little garlic powder on them and veterinarians have found that adding one teaspoon of vinegar and i would use the good apple cider vinegar like Bragg brand or Solana Gold or a good brand, you know, with the mother that's raw and organic and all that. Um, to each quart, one teaspoon of that to each quart of drinking water helps keep the pets free of fleas and ticks. So that's another thing, you know, that may be helpful for that, you know. And I know that certain people have also mixed up some of that good type of vinegar. They may not, but that's what I would use. They may use distilled, which is, is not good for the animal. It's not good for us either, on or in our bodies or theirs. But um, mixed it, mix in a spray bottle with water and spray it on the animal. And I wouldn't use a lot of vinegar, just a little and mostly water. And that can help to repel fleas and ticks too, like if they're... You know, if maybe you have an infestation or you're going outside where there could be fleas or ticks or whatever, that's something else that may help. 
And it says here, vinegar can be used topically for pets too. It's a low cost, highly effective ear rinse for keeping cats, rabbits, and dogs healthy ears clean, as well as for treating yeast or bacteria infected ears. Dilute vinegar half and half with water, like the good kind I just told you about. And either dip a cotton swab in, into the solution and gently clean the inside of the ear. And I would try to not use cold water because that's going to, you know, make them even more upset. You know, try to use room temperature or something or even a little warmer. Or use a bulb syringe. And don't pour this into a ruptured ear, eardrum ever. So, you know, check with your vet about that. And if you need a homemade antibacterial cleanser in a hurry, you can dunk the same half and half vinegar mixture in a clean cloth to disinfect hot spots and other wounds on cats, dogs, or horses. Vinegar can cool the fires of arthritis and hip dysplasia pain too. Pour some on a compress and soak your pet's aching joints. And people also do the same for themselves, you know, that know about the the goodness of the apple cider vinegar. So that's another remedy for arthritis and and pain, you know, hip dysplasia pain too. That you may want to try. And so those are some tips there to use as animals for the garlic and the vinegar. And um you know, I think that's a lot of time a lot better than using these big pharma drugs or antibiotics um, on them or giving those kind of things to them that can be deadly and have a lot of bad side effects and, you know, cause yeast to develop, get out of control in their bodies and things like that. So those are just a few things in the book about the pets, the pets and the garlic and vinegar. And there's some more things in here that I'm going to go over, um, like about potassium and different things about vinegar. I know we're getting close to the break here, so um, I'll probably talk about those some on the other side. Signs of a potassium deficiency and how to increase potassium intake, for instance. So. We'll talk about that on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
things in this world are more important than clean, pure water. Understanding this, ABR makes four tabletop water distillers available to you for purchase. First, we have the five and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $139. The second is a five and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $189. The third is a three and a half hour per gallon with polycarbonate collection jug for $189 and our premier tabletop distiller is a three and a half hour per gallon with glass collection jug for $250. All our distillers have a stainless steel boiling pot, dome and cooling tubes and the premier version also has a splash flap to protect against contamination of the cooling tubes. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com for more information and protect your water supply. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Welcome back to the last part of my live show tonight, New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne, and it is Monday, February 16th, 2015, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com. So I've been giving you some information tonight about garlic and vinegar and parvo and distemper and cats, kittens, and puppies, and dogs, and all that, different things that may be able to help with that, and so, um, here is a little, here are a couple of recipes you may want to take note of, 
So you may want to either, you know, check out the audio archives once this show gets uploaded to write it down or try to get some pen and paper to write it down right now. Um, this is called Fire Cider. It's not from the book, but this is just a recipe, um, you know, that can be used at the first sign of a cold or flu or um, some sort of a bug to prevent, you know, one from getting sick. And uh, it's said to be even used by noted master herbalist Dr. John Christopher and others. So here's the recipe. It's called Fire Cider. And it's one quart of the organic raw apple cider vinegar with the mother. They don't say that, but that's what, you know, you should use. And so Bragg brand, B-R-A-G-G, Bragg.com, you can go to to check that out, or SolanaGold.com. Those are two good brands. Um, those are, you know, raw vinegar with the mother, organic vinegar, which is what, you know, you should use if it's going in your body or on your body or your animals. So one quart of organic raw apple cider vinegar with the mother, and then a half a cup of horseradish root grated, one half a cup of horseradish root grated, one-eighth of a cup of garlic chopped, and I would get organic for both of those, you know, for everything possible. Um, and I wouldn't get anything from China or third-world countries and things like that. I'd get them from the United States, grown in the United States, you know, and as locally as possible would be best, or grow them yourself. So one-eighth of a cup of garlic chopped, a uh, half a cup of onion chopped, and I would probably use a white onion. Organic would be best. And uh, so a half a cup of onion chopped, a half a cup of ginger grated, and ginger can be peeled easily with a spoon, like a teaspoon. So one half a cup of ginger grated. That's a very great, you know, garlic, onion, ginger, horseradish, vinegar, the all these things, and cayenne, which comes next. These are all fantastic things for one's health. And the last thing is a teaspoon of cayenne, and I would try to get the really good cayenne. Um, you might want to look for Frontier, uh, the company Frontier. They have a lot of times in health food stores, co-ops, grocery stores, etc., they have cayenne, um, and it will usually be labeled as to the strength of it, and the stronger it is, the better. I know they sell 40,000 heat unit cayenne and 90,000 heat unit cayenne, the Frontier Company does, and if you can find cayenne that's even, you know, more you know, hotter than that, it'd be even better. You know, like 250,000 heat unit cayenne. Um, so, anyway, so a teaspoon of cayenne. Um, and it probably won't work as well if you just use the regular old kind from the spice aisle. Keep that in mind. So you're going to want to get the, the hot peppers. You know, the hotter the peppers, the better, the more medicinally good and potent that cayenne is going to be. And, and it's just a generic term when they say cayenne. It just means it's from hot peppers. So 
habanero peppers, you know, um, dried and powdered, that would be that would be great to use. Thanks, you know, that would be a good a good example of a hot pepper to use. Okay, so then place all these ingredients in a quart jar and cover with the apple cider vinegar and cover tightly and then steep this mixture for eight weeks and then strain it into a clean jar. So you could probably use cheesecloth or, you know, some something like that to strain it into a clean jar and... You know, that is something that can be kept in the refrigerator, et cetera, and used. And some uses for this is um, it can be rubbed into achy joints and sore muscles. Um, also, soaking a clean cotton cloth and placed on the chest for congestion. And, you know, anything hot like the onions, the horseradish root, the garlic, things like that, that's going to help you know, to get rid of mucus. And the um, lemon juice, I told you about that, mixed with the um, horseradish roots. Um, I told you about that from um, the book that I was giving you information from, from Dr. Norman Walker. Um, he talked about how to eliminate the mucus from your body, and that was one of the ways, you know, and there's some more things to do, too, but the horseradish root is good to get rid of the mucus, and, you know, anything hot is going to be helpful to get, you know, rid of that type of stuff from your body, and it might make your nose run and things like that, you know, but that's mucus coming out, um, and so also, um, it can be it can be drank straight this mixture, but I probably you know that's something that might make you you know cough and it's very strong, so it can also be mixed into water or juice, and I wouldn't mix it into water that contained fluoride or chlorine or anything like that, so make sure it's a good quality water, you know filtered water, et cetera um and then start slow, you know, and maybe just sip it, don't overdo it. Don't take, you know, a huge gulp or something. You might kind of get choked up or whatever. Um, and you don't want it to go down the wrong way or anything. And this can also be mixed with some honey. And I would use the raw organic honey. Local honey would be great. Um, make sure it's raw honey and organic. And that can help to ease a cough. So, you know, those are some things that this can be used for and just basically keeping, you know, colds and flu at bay or maybe if you already even have that, you know, this is something that I, I would use. Um, and I, I've used other things too. I would just, you know, chomp up some garlic. Actually, I would cut up the garlic, let it sit for 10 minutes and then, you know, consume that um, and on a daily basis even. But especially if I was sick, I would take more and take it more often. Um, and then the vitamin C, you know, the extra virgin organic raw coconut oil, things like that. If one is sick, you know, that's some of the things that I would use. Um, and coconut oil is for pain, too, keep in mind. Um, and another thing, magnesium oil is also for pain. So we have that and, and you know, have that around. Um, magnesium oil 
can be applied onto the skin. Um, and it can even be used to brush the teeth, you know, and it can even be ingested a little, you know, it could be sprayed into the mouth. Um, and so there's a lot of uses for that. Um, it can be poured into the bathtub, the magnesium oil can. And the Epsom salts, that's magnesium sulfate. Magnesium chloride is the magnesium oil. It's not really an oil, but it feels oily. But um, anyway, the magnesium is good for pain and achy muscles and things like that. That's why the Epsom salt bath is good when, you know, you have the aching muscles. Another thing for aching muscles is the vinegar. You know, the aches and pains, vinegar is good for that. So the apple cider vinegar, like the raw organic kind that's not been pasteurized with the mother, that's good. And that can be poured into the bath. Um, baking soda can be poured into the bath when one is sick, even kids, you know. The same with the magnesium oil or the Epsom salt um, for kids when they're sick. Um, that's good. Um, Dr. Mark Circus uses that. Um, all of his patients have to use magnesium oil, they have to use iodine, and they have to use baking soda in order to be his patient. So he believes strongly in all three of those. And, you know, he gives it, uses those for his kids when they're sick and, and everything like that, puts them in the bathtub with both baking soda and magnesium oil. He uses a whole lot of that, pours it into the water. Or one could use, you know, like a pound or two of the, the Epsom salt. So that may help a lot. And another um, little recipe here for garlic honey, this is. And this is for things like to help fight sore throats, colds, flu, lung congestion, and sinus problems. And this is not from the book either. But this is a uh, garlic honey. And it's. The ingredients are just fresh garlic cloves, and I would use organic ones, a half a cup of onion chopped, and I would use organic white onions, and although I think other onions have benefits too, you know, so I wouldn't just buy the white onions, I would buy, you know, the red onions, the white onions, all, all kinds of onions, but I think the white are particularly potent and medicinal. The, the stronger the onion, you know, the probably more medicinal you know, value it's going to have. And so fresh garlic cloves, a half an onion chopped up, and then four to eight ounces of honey. And I would use the raw organic honey, and local honey would be good. So four to eight ounces of the honey. And then use a four to eight ounce jar with a tight lid. Fill the jar with the unpeeled garlic cloves and one half a chopped onion and cover the onions and garlic with honey and then the combination creates an elixir so you can remove or leave in the garlic and onions so that can be used you know um, ingested etc and that may be very strong too so keep that in mind so that's something for cold sore throats um, flu, lung congestion, sinus problems. And remember that the Spanish flu that killed, you know, hundreds of millions of people around the world, um, those that lived, they were using baking soda in water and it saved their lives. So I've gone over that, you know, how to do that, and I'll try to do that maybe, you know, soon. I'll try to remember to give you that again, how to do that. But it's just baking soda in water and it saved their lives. So.
um, baking sodas, I think, are very good thing to have, you know, on hand and to stock up on, as well as all these other things I'll tell you about. And grow the garlic, you know, grow it yourself and learn how to store it to make it last a long time and all the different uses for that, for the honey, for all of these things that I tell you about and you hear on AVR from other people as well and wherever, you know. Um, so take note of these things and and get books such as this one. This is The Miracle of Garlic and Vinegar. And it's a little 97-page book, but it's jam-packed full of good information. And it is by Dr. – I'm sorry. It's by James Edmund O'Brien. There's no doctor. It's just James Edmund O'Brien. And it's just a very inexpensive little book. Um, I got it for just over a dollar. So it's called The Miracle of Garlic and Vinegar. So that's another one in my health library. I have a lot more where that came from about garlic and vinegar and honey and all kind of good things and natural things, too. And it looks like we're about out of time, so I'll get more into different things, like some other things, some other recipes and different things that are good for one's health regarding uh, the vinegar and different uses for vinegar. I still have some more of those to tell you about next week, and who knows where we'll end up going if there's time from there. But anyway, um, you know, here's another good book to check out. So I hope you'll do that and, you know, research about garlic, vinegar, honey, and all these different things. Um, so anyway, um, coming up next is a special two-hour version of the Frank Report, which airs following my show on Monday nights, and that's Frank Stephan, the owner of AVR, and then the second hour he has on his co-host Dean Lauren, so stick around for that, and on Friday, following my show, my repeat of this show is a great show on preparedness and survival with Richard McGregor called Survival Time, so that airs 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time, so check that out. And we've got some shows on AVR, too. Maybe Frank will mention tonight, you know, you may not even be aware of. There's some live shows that air from time to time that you may want to check out. So we were talking about that today. Um, so one of them airs, you know, at 2 p.m. Pacific time, I know. He'll, he'll probably tell you more about that. And then there's Pastor Ernie Sanders as well. So Rick Vorath is one. Um, and that's sponsored by Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading. And then there is Pastor Ernie Sanders' show. I think it's What's Right, What's Left. I'm pretty sure it's the name of that. Um, or What's Left, What's Right. But anyway, he'll tell you more about those probably. And so Frank is coming up next. So thank you for listening. and for telling others about us and keeping us in your prayers and my mom and our animals in your prayers. We really do appreciate that and I keep you in my prayers and thank you for all you do to support us and we're going strong. We're in our 12th year so you know um, I'm sorry let me think 2004 to 2015 so yeah we're in our 12th year as of early February AVR is going strong so you know 
Thank you for ordering our products, supporting our sponsors, supporting Frank and all the hard work he puts in on AVR. Thanks to the micro broadcasters out there. And, you know, don't forget about our bumper stickers, our products you can order. We've got that great organic sulfur available. A lot of people are ordering that, and Frank and I really love it. We think it's fantastic. And we use that, you know, twice a day. That's a good thing to use to keep one's immune system functioning well. And, um, you know, those are that and all the things that I tell you about we use. Um, the distillers, we've got four different ones available. And we've got the bumper stickers. Then there's the KU Band style light package and all that. So, And then our other products offered by our sponsors. So tell others about us. And coming up next is Frank. So God bless you all. Have a wonderful night. religious and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Headline, New York 
right, good evening all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Monday, February 13th, 2017. It's about eight and a half minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are live. 855-355-1955 is the call-in number. 855-355-1955. That will get your voice on the air, but if you'd like to participate without doing that, you can go to our website, theamericanvoice.com, americanvoiceradio.com, avrn1.com, avrn.tv. Once you get there, you'll see everything you need to know about this network is there. If there's something you feel is missing, then the email is there, and you can uh, email me. Let me know. Also, we have a chat room, which is the other way you can participate. You don't have to participate, though. You can just go in there and socialize or not even just Look at what everybody else is typing. Anyhow, oh, yeah, there's something else, too, that I uh, should uh, remind you of. We've got uh, a new way to listen. I mean, it's not a new way. It's just a couple of new numbers. Kind of in addition to what we were doing, which we're still doing. Uh, But you can dial a phone number. And you can listen to either AVR1 or AVR2, like for right now. I am on AVR1. Pastor Ernie Sanders is on AVRN2. So if you wanted to say, listen to Pastor Ernie Sanders, you would dial 701-719-3438, and then you would dial the number 2. If you wanted to listen to me, you would dial the same phone number, and you would just dial number 1. Pretty simple. These numbers work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. At least, you know, that's the plan. Nothing's 100% anywhere. But, hey, uh, I've checked them from time to time, and they seem to always be there. I mean, I haven't found the time yet when they were messed up or not working. So pretty happy with that. I mean, not as many people use that way to listen as used to, because when we first started the network, quite a lot of people actually listened over the phone like that. And as, you know, smartphones and more people get good internet, you know, more people choose to listen on the internet because it just, well, sounds better. Hmm. Anyhow. So, I see these guys are talking about uh, 9-11. And we're doomed. Gotta keep that in mind. Anyhow, Here is a constitutional law professor, which, you know, you really got to kind of take that with a grain of salt until you find out where the guy's coming from. Because we were told that Barack Hussein Obama was a constitutional law professor, which isn't true. Okay, it wasn't true then. It's not true now. It's never been true. He was not a professor, ever. But... This guy says, courts and other forces have weakened constitutional protections against police misconduct. Well, that's true. 
And those guarantees meant to protect citizens from their government are likely to erode. And you know what? It's not just meant to protect citizens. It's meant to protect the people from their government are likely to erode more over the next four years, predicted a noted constitutional scholar. And the Second Amendment was particularly there to protect the people from their government. I am more afraid for my country and for the things that I believe in than I've ever any time in my life, said University of California, Irvine, well that says a lot, of law Dean Irwin Treminsky. Uh, from what this says, he's considered one of the country's top legal scholars. Chemensky is also one of the lawyers who filed a lawsuit against President Donald Trump recently, alleging Trump is in violation of the Emoluments Clause of the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits government officials from accepting titles, gifts, salaries, and the like from foreign governments without the consent of Congress. You know, this is such a load of crap. I mean, this guy... Yeah, he might have said, well, you know, we could, we because anybody can file a lawsuit. But that is not at all. You know, what Trump has is he owns businesses that do business with foreign countries and in foreign countries. That is not at all what this clause was about. This clause was about getting gifts and money and bribes from foreign countries, for crying out loud, okay? This was not about a man who owns businesses and then becoming president and some dirtbag socialist pig who's never had a real job in his whole life telling him, oh, you got to get rid of everything you own or you can't be president because we need a scumbag who's never done anything in this world except suck off the government. Those are the only kind of people we want as president. It's crazy. Anyway, he was a keynote speaker at Friday's 21st Century Policing Symposium sponsored by the University of Georgia School of Law. Well, anyway, uh, he says police misconduct, uh, corruption, things like that is a bad thing. And, you know, I uh, he noted the series of Supreme Court decisions that have weakened the exclusionary rule of law that says prosecutors cannot use evidence that's illegally obtained. In some cases, evidence can now be used when it's illegally obtained. They know there's just not going to be any consequences for an illegal stop. Well, that may be true, but then we go back to the Second Amendment. And a bunch of dead cops laying on the side of the road, I think, is a uh, consequence for an illegal stop. Hey, you know what? Illegal stop. All right, listen up. If you're committing an illegal stop, you're nothing but a highwayman. You're nothing but a carjacker. And carjackers are to be shot. Because you know what? You're dangerous. You're armed and dangerous. And you're carjacking people. That's what illegal means. Illegal stop. That means you're breaking the law. You're armed and you're dangerous and you're breaking the law. Hmm. Anybody in their right mind would be in fear for their lives. And anybody with a gun should choose to defend themselves from you. Illegally carjacking them. 
serious, folks. If the courts will not protect you, then you have to protect yourself. I don't want to see this. But look, folks, I also don't want to live in a prison camp country. You know, and I said I'd give, uh, you know, Trump 90 days. But uh, I tell you, I got to say that I'm a little disturbed at one thing here. Apparently, uh, Donald Trump thinks civil forfeiture is a good idea. Okay? And uh, civil forfeiture is not a good idea. You know, now listen, criminal forfeiture is another story. See, that's when they say, well, you've been convicted of all these crimes, and uh, we're seizing everything you own. Simple. Because we've determined that everything you have came to you by you committing the crimes we've convicted you of. Well, you can't keep that stuff. That's criminal forfeiture, and I don't have a problem with that. As long as, you know, you had a a fair trial and all that. But civil forfeiture is when they pull you over, say, empty your pockets, they find $1,000 in cash, and they say, well, we're keeping this because this could have been in, uh, you know, you could have gotten this by selling drugs. You're free to go now. You're not charged with selling drugs. There's no evidence you ever sold drugs, but they're keeping the money. And then you have to sue them to get your money back. And if it's a thousand bucks for most people, it's going to cost you far more than a thousand bucks to get a lawyer to do this for you. That's civil forfeiture. And if Donald Trump is for that, then Donald Trump is wrong. Honestly, folks, it's it, you know, Chris Christie's a, he he's a lover of uh, civil forfeiture. Matter of fact, the uh, New Jersey legislature there, they passed a bill, overwhelmingly passed a bill, to make civil forfeiture cases. They didn't say you can't do it anymore. They just said that it's got to be more transparent with how much money you bring in, where it comes from, and all this other good stuff. And he vetoed it. Now, there was such an overwhelming, uh, you know... uh, You know, because uh, they can override the veto. They have enough votes. But, yeah, Christie's decided the public isn't on the need-to-know list as far as asset forfeiture is concerned. Now, shh, we don't need to tell the people how much money we're actually stealing. And they are stealing it, folks. Make no mistake because if they're taking stuff from you you've never been convicted you've never been charged and they're taking it from you anyway that is stealing okay there's no nice way to put that now in order to fend off any attempts at a veto override christie's proposed his own law enforcement friendly fixes okay yeah he's he's recommending a quarterly report in which prosecutors identify seized assets and detail the legal proceedings by which they were seized. Under Christie's proposal, prosecutors would not have to disclose why they seized an asset or for what purpose it would be used. 
It's ridiculous. See, liberals are not always wrong when it comes to certain things. If Donald Trump and his conservative buddies are for civil forfeiture, they are wrong. Ex-Livermore cop, listen to this, you're going to like this. We're going back to the corruption thing. Yeah, and and the courts and the whole thing is all in it, right? Yep, ex-Livermore cop charged with purchasing sex from a teenager will have his charges dismissed. That's right. Wow. Uh... On the eve of trial, a former Livermore police officer accused in an expansive sexual misconduct scandal reached a plea bargain Thursday that may erase all the allegations against him. Daniel Black agreed to plead no contest to one misdemeanor count of lewd conduct in public. Lewd conduct in public, folks, could mean a cop caught you peeing outside. That is not what this guy did. He was buying sex from teenagers. And he's going to be charged only with lewd conduct in public? Prosecutors said that while off-duty as a police officer in April, Black and a teenager engaged in sexual acts in his motorhome on two occasions and that he paid for her dinners and gave her alcohol in exchange. Well, that makes her a prostitute, too. He's engaged in prostitution. Five other misdemeanor charges against Black, including lewd conduct, engaging in prostitution, and giving alcohol to a minor, were all dismissed with the deal. The 19-year-old woman, whose mother is an Oakland police dispatcher, has said officers and sheriff's deputies from around the Bay Area had sex with her in the past two years. She told the Chronicle that some of the officers paid her, while others tipped her off about prostitution stings or ran the names of people she knew through law enforcement databases. All of this is illegal, folks. But if Black, you know, the cop who engaged in teenage prostitution, obeys the law in terms of the plea bargain... The single charge against him will be dismissed in May 2018. The conditions include taking an HIV test, watching an AIDS educational film, staying away from the young woman, and steering clear of any areas where prostitution is known to occur. Black's attorney said he was charged only because he was a police officer being held to a different standard than the general public. Really? Well, for one thing, police officers are supposed to be held to a higher standard. They're allowed to run around with a gun and get to kill people when they say, I was in fear for my life. Oh, you're free to go there, coward. Gee, golly, we can't hold you accountable. You just murdered some people. But that's okay because you were in fear for your life. So, yeah, I think these people should be held to a higher standard. They didn't go after any of her clients who were non-police officers. 
dinner for sex, that's stretching. Oh, really? What about giving alcohol to a minor? What about that? What about the fact that this was a, a, a underage girl at the time? Man, well, like they say here, their argument was basically they're only targeting him because he's a cop. Know what? Police should be held to a higher standard. They have the authority to kill, kidnap, and raid our homes. It'd be nice to know that they're genuine, stable, mature people, not a cadre of creeps passing around an underage prostitute for cash and favors. Uh Uh-huh. The prosecutor, Deputy District Attorney Sabrina Farrell. Oh, a woman. I guess we don't give a damn about other women. Oh, wait a minute. I thought there was a war on women. I thought you girls were supposed to be up in arms about this war on women. I guess that's okay unless it's a cop. Huh? She had said had strong case and was ready to proceed to trial, but plans changed after a key witness, the young woman, had a medical emergency that prevented her from testifying this week. Oh yeah. Well, we'll just postpone the trial. Yeah, a medical emergency. What a shame. What a lie, man. Look, this little bimbo has been, she's just been a police play toy. Her mommy works for the police department, and she probably encouraged her to go out, go ahead and get you some cops. Man. Yeah, unfortunately, time, medical emergency, my butt. More corruption. Hey, you want more migrants, do you? Well... Hey, guess what happened to the Swedish school that took the most migrants? Eh, a school in Sweden that won an award for taking the most migrants has now been deemed a hellhole, according to Swedish reports. Winning the Varnham School Peace Prize for accepting the most number of migrants, the Vanham School in central Malmo has become a hotbed of criminal activity replete with drug dealing and ethnic brawls. To cope with this, the school has now hired security guards and fortified with barbed wire. Unable to fully perform their functions, the, teacher now, the teachers now spend their time worrying about traumatized students. Yep, in 2015, the school served a banquet for the king, but now it's shut down regularly over fights that involve the entire student body. Chaos and fights occur with the newly arrived students from the Middle East and Afghanistan. The various crimes reported to police include theft of e-readers to physical abuse to stealing a guard's stun gun. Not to be outdone, however, by another school in the area that had students playing an ISIS execution and a girl was put in a stranglehold. Wow. So is this what you want in this country? Yeah, well, apparently, this is what the New World Order liberal communists want. Oh, and hey, you know Elizabeth Warren's little meltdown performance she did? Yeah, where she, uh, even even King's family is saying, you know, don't be using our stuff for your political gains. But uh, she got shut up. Well, turns out, <laughs> turns out it was all publicity stunt for her to sell a book. That's right, she's got her new 11th book out. She just 
just before she hit the Senate floor, announced it and sent out all kinds of tweets and everything about her 11th book, her 11th book, and we need money, by the way. you got to send us money. And uh, then she got out there doing this. It's all just a publicity stunt for this scumbag lying fake to get more money. She, Elizabeth Warren is so disgustingly fake, it's not even funny. I mean, one day she's an American Indian, and the next minute she's somebody else. I mean, come on. Ah, more California news. You know, the state that now wants Donald Trump to give them money to help them out because they have a bad weather problem. Oh, oh, screw you, California. San Diego District disinvites Betsy DeVos. Yep. Yeah, they invited her down there, and then they said they don't want her down there anymore. So, you know what? I'd say great. In that case, San Diego doesn't need any more federal funds for their schools. Good luck. You know, I really think that they ought to do that. I think they should cut off all federal funding whatsoever to the state of California and tell them, hey, you know, I've been reading the news and you want to, uh, you think secession's a good idea? Well, let's just see how that works. Let's see you go it alone, you big sixth biggest economy on the planet. Come on, let's see how you do. They would fold up in 90 days, folks. Sad thing is, most states would. There might be a few out there that could make it, but most states would fold up, and California would be one of the fastest because it's one of the biggest, and it gets most of the money. So to do without it, uh uh-oh. See how they are now, though? Oh, let's go cry in Washington, D.C. Wait a minute. Do you realize Donald Trump is the president? You know, the guy you've been hammering and saying you're going to Hire a lawyer to fight everything that he wants to do. You're not going to go for anything. You don't even know what he's going to do, but you have vowed to fight him, regardless of what he do does. I don't care if it's good for us or bad for us. It's him. He's doing it. We'll fight him. Oh, okay. You you what? You want money? <laughs> yeah. That's like a homeless guy smashing out all the windows of your car and then coming by and asking you for five bucks. Are you kidding me? I don't think so. Anyway, I got to take a break. We'll be back in just a bit.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's still Monday, February 13th, 2017, about 842 out here, 855-355-1955. Or go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Everything you need to know about the network is there. Plus, we have a chat room that you can engage in. Anywho, uh, let's see here. All right, let's uh, get to some stuff here. All right, not that. already did that. Now, don't forget, USC, that's United States Code, Title Eight, thirteen twenty-four is the section. You want to look up immigration law, that's where it's at. All right, well, let me get on to this again because, you know, I was just arguing just yesterday or day before on some comment site for some vaccines. And, and you know, there are people out there that just buy the whole CDC pharmaceutical tripe hook, line, and sinker. Oh, it's perfectly this. I had one guy tell me that it's a, it's completely natural. Yeah. Jamming a piece of metal deep into your muscle tissue and injecting poisons, viruses, and toxins into it is completely natural. Are you out of your mind? What kind of a moron says something like that? How could you even say that? A completely natural? Where do you live? That's not natural. That completely bypasses the natural immuno uh, response mechanism in your body. Look, we have noses, we have ears, we have a mouth, we have a butt, we have, you know, well, we have an opening, man or woman. And, uh, you know, those are the ways things get in our body naturally. Yeah, some can lay on your skin and you can absorb it. But that's a little different than a needle jabbing into your muscle tissue and injecting poisons, toxins, viruses, bacteria. Yeah, heavy metals. So, you know, this is something that needs to keep being hammered. These people, I, you know, I got to believe they're paid shills. Because nobody's that stupid. Nobody can ignore that much evidence that's coming out now. New vaccines still cause autism, and the U.S. government knows it. That's the uh, the headline. Today, in the U.S. and a growing number of other countries, the official policy is that any scientific study, regardless of its methodology, quality, author credentials, and peer-reviewed process, is summarily dismissed as incomplete irrelevant or unsupported if it finds a connection between any vaccine or combination of vaccines and autism spectrum disorder. Even when the CDC's own immunologist, Dr. William Thompson, whistleblows and provides thousands of pages of scientific data and research providing, proving a vaccine-autism connection, the matter is rapidly shoved under the table. Wow, okay. Well, you might say, well, you know, you know, this is just one guy, and maybe he had an agenda, and maybe this, and maybe that, maybe, 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 okay, 
maybe. What about the Rand Corporation? Them too? I mean, really, they did a uh, vaccine report. Safety of vaccine used for routine immunization in the United States. Where in it states, SOE, which that's going to be strength of evidence, okay, was high for the following associations in non-pregnant adults. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. There's this other thing from the Huffington thing there that, you know, they're telling people, oh, pregnant women need to get, you know, you need especially to get your influenza shot, especially if you're pregnant. And you need to get a whooping cough uh, vaccine, too, so your baby can suck it up in the womb. That's insanity. Okay, up until just a few years ago, it was always, always, always a no-no to give pregnant women any kind of drugs or immunizations or anything like that. Now, oh no, you gotta have it because the baby's gonna get it. It's just so stupid. They are obviously just trying to harm people. And then saying, oh no, it didn't happen. Just like the two twins. Yeah, the two twins that died... Oh, yeah, they just happen to die within hours of each other, and they just happen to be hours after they got both vaccinated. Ah, oh, that's just a coincidence, and they write it off as such and say that, and then they la, 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 la along their way. Honestly, I'm surprised parents aren't chopping these people's heads off. Seasonal influenza vaccine and, oh, man, arthrogalia. My Gallia, Melise, fever, pain at the injection site, 2009 monovalent H1N1 vaccine and Guillain-Barre syndrome and a lack of association between influenza and phenobarbital vaccines, they're the pneumonia, and cardiovascular events in the elderly. This goes on and on and on, Okay. Human papillomavirus, papillomavirus, I used to know how to say this, papillomavirus, so anyway, you know what I'm talking about, Uh, and lack of association with the onset of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, type 1 diabetes, and Guillain-Barre syndrome. Uh, Are you kidding me? Why would you do this? Especially for most of these things are not deadly. Do you realize the 1918 Spanish flu? Yeah, millions and millions of people died. You know why? Because millions and millions of people went to their doctor. But millions and millions of other people didn't die. You know why? Something cheap and readily available baking soda. That's right. Baking soda. Now it doesn't take a genius to figure out gee why would that work? Well, baking soda would alkaline your body and these uh, apparently influenza doesn't spread real easy in an alkaline environment, okay? How about this? Yale University. So so far, okay, we have the CDC's immunologist, we have the RAND Corporation, and now Yale University study shows association between vaccines and brain disorders. 
Well, a team of researchers from the Yale School of Medicine and Penn State College of Medicine have found a disturbing association between the timing of vaccines and the onset of certain brain disorders in a subset of children. And they all just poo-poo all, oh, well, you know, that's nothing. That's just, you know, that's just a couple of kids here and there. Well, it's not just a couple of kids there, here and there. Do you realize autism has exploded like cancer? And that's another thing. How come cancer is spreading? Now, look, I understand there are other environmental considerations when it comes to the spread of can you know, that this outbreak, this, you know, epidemic of cancer that we're experiencing. You know, it could be the air, it could be the radiation in the air, it could be the poisons in the food, it could be a lot of things promoting, you know, cancer growth, but it could also be vaccines. See, that's the thing. I mean, we are being poisoned on so many different levels that it's hard to point to just one thing and say, oh, well, that's what did it. No. Hey, maybe. Here's something interesting. Judicial Watch uncovers new documents detailing Nazi Pelosi's use of Air Force aircraft for her family in 2010. Yeah, this is how long it takes to find things out about these people. Seven years now. Well, this goes on and on and on about her use of Air Force jets for her and her family. Uh, let's see, overall, I'm not going to go through every one of them, but overall, uh, documents uncovered show that Pelosi used the Air Force aircraft for a total of 43 trips, covering 90,000 miles. From January 1st through October 1st, 2010. Uh, let's see here. Oh. Her travel cost to the United States Air Force is $2,100,744.59 over a two-year period. A hundred thousand and one. Dollars of which was for in-flight expenses. A hundred thousand dollars of in-flight expenses. This includes food and alcohol. What? A hundred thousand dollars in forty-three trips of food and alcohol. What kind of food and alcohol is this woman being provided, and why? I mean, hey, do you get a meal on your flight anymore? No, you don't unless you pay for it. For example, here's one example. Purchases for one Pelosi-led congressional delegation traveling from Washington, D.C. through Tel Aviv, Israel, to Baghdad, Iraq, included Johnny Walker Red Scotch, Grey Goose Vodka, E&J Brandy, Bailey's Irish Cream, Maker's Mark Whiskey, Corvassier Cognac, Bacardi Light Rum, Jim Bean Whiskey, Beefeater Gin, DeWare's Scotch, Bombay Saffron Gin, Jack Daniels Whiskey, Corona Beer, and several bottles of wine. Judicial Watch also previously uncovered internal documents of defense documents, email correspondence, detailing attempts by the DOD staff to accommodate 
Pelosi's numerous requests for military escorts. Man. You know, look, man. Did you get that 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 line of booze they got on this plane? She's just a congresswoman, folks. She's just a representative, okay? Yeah, somebody says Air Force in-flight box lunches are not so great. I don't think that's what Nazi Pelosi was getting, though. I mean, I don't know what kind of food they were getting, but I know they got a nice lineup of booze there. And that was just one trip. One trip they had that much booze. What are these, a bunch of alcoholics? I mean, look, I like to drink. But that's just, that is, that's a bit much even for me. Man. Let's go through some fake news stories, shall we? I keep this up on my screen here, so every once in a while I can turn to it and just start reading off some of these, uh, you know, little, uh, uh, fake news stories here. Oh, man, yeah, well, they got the Trayvon Martin thing there. Hmm. Yeah, this goes back a ways. Let me look here. Oh, here's some. This is just from 2016, okay? Ted Cruz stole votes from Ben Carson. What was reported was Ted Cruz's campaign launched a dirty trick in Iowa caucuses by intentionally spreading a false report that Ben Carson had dropped out of the race. Caucus goers were then told that a vote for Carson would be a, wa- a wasted vote. Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucuses by cheating. Facts are, the Ben Carson suspension rumor in February originated with a CNN report that gave many, many people the impression that Dr. Carson was returning home to Florida after the caucus, presumably to drop out after his fourth-place finish. They gained this impression because Carson did return home, apparently to do laundry rather than continue to the New Hampshire or South Carolina contests. One of those people who believed Carson's dropout was intimate was Congressman and Ted Cruz supporter Steve King, he's a Republican from Iowa, who tweeted, Carson looks like he's out. Iowans need to know before they vote. Most will go to Cruz, I hope. By this time, CNN had tweeted a second time after the uh, Ben Carson plans to take a break from campaigning. That's what CNN tweeted. Following that report, a crew staffer told precinct captains breaking news. The press is reporting that Carson is taking time off from the campaign trail after Iowa and making a big announcement next week. Please inform any Carson caucus goers of this news and urge them to caucus for Ted Cruz. Now, Senator Marco Rubio, campaigning aggressively, pushed that narrative as well. But Ted Cruz's campaign bore the brunt of the blame for lying as CNN vehemently denied that they had suggested Carson was dropping out. CNN fact-checkers stuck to accusing Cruz of spreading the falsehood. The media was complicit in categorizing Cruz as a dirty sport, and Donald Trump seized on the controversy to label uh, Senator Cruz lying Ted. The Cruz campaign never fully recovered from the fallout of the Carson debacle, and in this writer's opinion, this distorted media narrative in all likelihood cost Ted Cruz needed momentum. Well, he was never going to win the uh, Republican nomination, but anyway. 
Trump supports a Muslim ban, and that would harm Muslim Americans. Donald Trump, this is what was reported. Donald Trump called for a total and complete ban on Muslims entering the United States. Well, the actual text of Trump's proposal read, at the time, Donald J. Trump is calling for the total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what is going on. Hmm. And that's what he campaigned on, okay? We need to stop this until we can figure out what the heck's going on here exactly. Another lie, Orlando nightclub terrorists using AR-15. What was reported, AR-15 rifle used in Orlando massacre has bloody pedigree. Orlando shooting puts spotlight on AR-15 rifle. The history of the AR-15, the weapon that had a hand in the United States' worst mass shooting. Well, the facts are... Um... Jihadist Omar Mateen did not use an AR-15 rifle in carrying out his massacre of 49 people at the Pulse Homo nightclub. Mateen used a Sig Sawyer MCX carbine, which have virtually no major parts that interface with AR-15s in any way, shape, or form. The media excitedly launched a blind crusade against the AR-15, pushing for Obama's executive actions on gun control. Of course, Democratic lawmakers joined in on the frenzy, launching a sit-in protest that inspired a a fawning coverage from the media and ridicule from the conservatives. Another lie, anyone can buy a gun easily. During the Orlando Jihad gun control hysteria, CBS News reported it took 38 minutes and $1,030 for our CBS producer to buy an AR-15 and walk out legally armed in Virginia. Well, first things first, CBS had to issue a correction because the reporter did not purchase an AR-15. Next, it is not so easy to buy a gun. You have to pass a background check, which the CBS producer, Paula Reed, uh, Reed, because she didn't have a criminal record. Well, she didn't until she broke federal law by purchasing that gun under false pretenses. That's a straw purchase, baby. Yeah, she ought to be in prison. Anyway, there's more, but I'm out of time, so... I'll be back here in just a few minutes, and we'll have Dean Lauren coming in from New York City, and we'll do the next hour. So everybody stay tuned if you can, and if you can't, thanks for listening. Political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. We're 
worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good-tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high-fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.